0: Questioning everything. With Adam W. Episode 8. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked for consciousness because I had. that's kind of part of the reason why I sent you that text when I had that fucking crazy sleep paralysis. It made me was it made me think about like, fuck, what's that is that kind of what it's like for people that've had like serious head injuries or like strokes or whatever and like they're still in there, but the connection to the to the limbs and everything isn't, but like your, 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 your mind still has like the sensation of like, come on.
1: Yeah. 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 No. And it'd be nice. It'd be nice if we knew where, um, where that started and, uh, and actual consciousness without being able to see somebody respond, you know, consciousness without response. Where's, yeah. does, where does that stop? And where does like, um, uh, just complete non-consciousness come in? We don't really know. Right. So we mm-hmm. actually mentioned that earlier, uh, earlier, I think it was number five podcast number five, where I was talking about how consciousness is essentially a chemical byproduct, and, uh, we can tell that because if you manipulate certain parts of the brain, um, then people have different conscious experiences. You know, like the collect the collection of senses that all combined, we call sense awareness or consciousness on sense level, at least. Um, you know, we can see it being chemical, and uh, and at that point, Garrett said, "Yeah, but like, can you, or is the person just locked in their brain?" You know, and at and at some point, there's a there's a line where that is a question, where where does that where is that? You know, like we don't have bell ringing, you know, for that. Like, you know, the bell ringers, people used to get buried alive because they would go into a, some kind of a paralysis or they'd oh, go yeah. into like a deep somnambulic stage or whatever it would be and then get buried. And then so they started putting the ropes with the bells so that you could pull the rope and ring the bell <laughs> if it turned go out on. you're still alive. Yeah, but being buried or alive was a serious thing really was right later when vampires um people started exploiting people's belief in vampires that was one of the things is that when they'd exhume graves if you were in a grave exhumer you'd notice a uh exactly scratching on the inside of the coffin yeah and you know i mean like the fact that you know the fact that you'd notice that once is horribly creepy but the fact (laughs) that that would be like prevalent enough that somebody's like we got to put in a fucking string we need a string with a bell so that you can actually tell people if you're still alive down there
0: isn't isn't part of like the tradition of a wake similar story to that like people would get so fucked up on booze that they would be like in like a comatose state for several days so they would just leave them on the kitchen table or some shit
1: <laughs> oh i don't know <laughs> Wait I don't for know. them to wake up yeah oh no doubt no doubt yeah, no, it's it's pretty creepy. I hate to be the one to be picking out those bodies and being like, oh, man, fuck another one. <laughs> well, of course, at the time, it would have been like, oh, shit, another vampire. Good thing that we had them under there, because, you know, they would have just kept on coming back otherwise. real Creepy. Okay, so I guess we've already officially started. So welcome, everybody, to the Questioning Everything podcast. I am your host, Adam W., and with me, I have Danny Giodeo. Hi we are talking today about consciousness which is a big huge ginormously stupid topic that has no end of uh of branches no end Did you watch sam harris
0: yeah i've uh kind of got into him a bit yeah
1: okay yeah his wife uh she released a book on consciousness not too long ago and i haven't read it but i've seen uh i've seen some excerpts and he's been talking about it and stuff I mean obviously it'll be a hot topic for ever and it's always been a hot topic since the dawn of us realizing that we have a consciousness it's pretty uh pretty peculiar you know any yeah. th- any thoughts before we start
0: uh i pff, i don't think consciousness the way we have it is limited to us i uh i don't know i think like other animals especially ones that have big big frontal lobes i think they have a similar consciousness to us you know they don't have to think about stuff like we do like cars and airplanes and shit because they're already taken care of in their environment they're perfectly suited for it they don't need all this extra shit but it doesn't mean that they don't have developed extra communications and able to tell stories and create culture and all kinds of shit
1: mm. yeah oh no no doubt no doubt. Well, we're, we're mammals. Right? Yeah. It's easy to forget that we're mammals, but we are definitely mammals still. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, other animals are going to have a lot of the same traits. In fact, it would be totally folly to associate. I agree to associate um, technology or a- even anything that came comes after being able to speak. Because once you start speaking as a human being, you're leaving everything else behind. And then the, yeah. the oops the coordination that we have between uh members of our own species as a result of talking right Definitely. Obviously gives us this huge advantage but as far as consciousness um i would have to wonder if there's moose who aren't like more conscious than humans than some humans right Like the spectrum of humans and our self awareness is so broad that there seems to be a gigantic overlap between us and lots of mammals insofar as consciousness. Just self awareness, knowing that you're alive, knowing that there's other people that are alive or other things that are alive other than you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's easy to forget we're mammals, but we are mammals
0: oh shit! I what was it i had like this stupid stoner thought the other day where i was just like oh if we evolved from something i wonder if we're related to crabs at all turns out like something like 20 million years ago or whatever we are <laughs>
1: hmm. like way more than 20 million
0: yeah way yeah. more i i don't know i just pulled a number out of my ass yeah. but yeah <laughs> um uh, but it's like the the evidence is in like modern day, like crustaceans, like lobsters and crabs, like they, their brains work on serotonin just like ours. Do.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. Well, as far as that goes, yeah. I'd imagine like all animalia are going to share certain, uh, body chemistry, things like that. Right. Even then, even then, like if they're, um, uh, arthropods or crustaceans or something like that, then the chemicals present, you know we're we're likely to share chemicals for sure for yeah. sure, but we have common ancestors, no matter what no matter how far back they are with a crab i I don't know how far back this <laughs> whales are sixty million, yeah shrews the like you know that's like a hundred and sixty million or something like that um so yeah that'd go that'd go back really far like that'd be like some of the earliest ass shit like yeah. Earliest ass shit, yeah. Same as same as octopuses. We split from octopuses really early, dude. Yeah, mollusks, mollusks, yeah. and crustaceans, and mammals. But we sh- still share similar features, right? That's the coevolution thing where octopuses and our eyes are actually very similar. How we have lenses, and the lens gets flexed so that it can focus uh, on different um, distances, plan- planar distances and uh they've got depth perception and they've like very similar eye systems to us and the eyes evolved totally differently when we split um the eye was uh was much much simpler and, and uh there's really no reason for both branches to go the same direction because other things which also share the same ancestor didn't go in the same direction but that's uh um where it appears that they basically both formed because of a similar need the need to be able to see in three dimensions um as a predator was was there and so yeah weird ass fucking shit octopuses (laughs) octopuses more than just ninesomes
0: are there are there any animals that have are just cyclops Cyclops yeah they just have like one uh, one light sensor
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh probably probably like uh, down in the uh, dark darkest darkest caves and shit where they've got like the the thing sticking out of their forehead where it's like (laughs) you know the eyes are smoothed over they no longer have eyeballs where they've just got some forehead light thing but look at weird yeah but like uh um lizards themselves have a third eye yeah right like the thorny dragons got their little third eye and it's uh and it's part of the evolution right because again as being mammals we do come from the lizard you know amphibian amphibious and then lizard and then and then mammal kind of pathway um so that's a part of our pineal gland is a throwback to the the Like, you know, see above you, sensing organ, that is uh, eventually just became a light sensing organ. Yeah. You know, now it has no function. But it would be trippy if you like got a crack in your skull and suddenly everything seems really really bright.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, like if the light from the sun inside your skull. I always thought like if you ever get dinged in the head or whatever, that spark that you like. Sensation. I I always thought that was the pineal gland kind of being like ah.
1: (laughs) You never know. You never know. I mean, yeah. Or it could be like the whole ocular system just getting, getting shaken. And once it's shaken, who knows? Um, how does it create its voltage systems? And how does it like? Is there on any level where vibration equals a sense of voltage? You know, like I don't know, man.
0: People get high on sound waves like isn't I remember like way back in the 90s yeah there was like this I don't know what the culture is called but uh I remember seeing like these news reports about them late at night um they were saying like they had to to make this produce this kind of music you'd need like uh military grade uh, high voltage high wattage like whatever equipment in order to produce the tones and then to replay them And then, if you get the, I guess the theory is, if you get the right frequencies, you can put yourself into like uh, psychedelic uh, trances and shit like that. And I guess Hmm. probably get you know a real euphoric, levitated mood. But apparently, if you do it wrong, you you can cook your insides. I don't know if it's cooked or more of just getting torn apart by (laughs) high frequency.
1: Well, it could be. Yeah, I mean, six one half and a dozen of the other. At that point, depends on how. Yeah, and it's doing. bad
0: for you, bad for your eardrums too, for sure.
1: Uh, <laughs> I would imagine, yeah, like something that can hurt material objects um, on a large scale, right? Like there's things like glasses; you can smash glasses pretty easily. But uh, smashing yeah. glasses, you know, different than crushing your bones or destroying <laughs> your. No doubt, you could use f- frequency to uh, do physical harm. No doubt, but get high never thought of it never yeah. crossed my mind
0: well what's that fucking that thing back in the 60s or the 70s like you put a light inside of a put a tube of paper around it and then there's like slits in it and you just stare at it for like
1: hours or whatever I don't know, like oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then you cast this thing on the wall yeah um yeah whatever <laughs> yeah. The things they made in the 70s, 60s and 70s for people that get really fucking high. Lava <laughs> lamps and yeah. yeah. No, my dad had something like that. That spun and uh yeah. it actually created like a really cool pattern too. But, That's dope. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, um consciousness is a big subject and uh I guess it just depends on how boring we want to get. We probably don't want to get too boring. But at some point, um how
0: loosey goosey am I allowed to get?
1: <laughs> what does that mean?
0: I don't know if I start talking about like like spiritual connotations or whatever.
1: it's consciousness, so I don't know if there's any rules cool um i obviously we we have to we have to be able to come to terms with whatever it is we're talking about, and the main problem with communication that uh exists is that it requires uh, unity on both sides yeah. right so yeah. um it, 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 it's almost easier to just like talk if a person just like thinks of the world as just some open canvas and you just talk but um if you're going to actually communicate something then uh then it has to be r- communicable and relevant um, yeah and so that's, that's it sure. that's it right like we could easily waffle about some spiritual ideas or something like that, that are so subjective that no, like li- literally nobody can relate to what you're talking about. I don't think yeah. that you're going to go there, but
0: no, that's not, no, it's not,
1: it's that point. It's not, uh, it's not useful, but yeah, a lot of the things, um, a lot of the things that we, uh, look at on the Questioning Everything podcast are either subjective or they're not even necessarily directly subjective, but they're going to have all sorts of weird-ass shit. Like, I mean, I can't even think of something more strange than consciousness. Consciousness is right up there with water. I said this on a previous podcast. Water is the most interesting molecule in the universe, and consciousness is the most interesting principle of of um material and it's really it's a principle of material yeah right like it's an emergent principle of material that specific things very material things have like as much as we like to imagine that it's some uh uh fucking you know soul spirit astral bullshit or something like that it really is uh animals talking animals saying wow i'm an animal look check this out i'm an animal yeah. realizing that there's other animals realizing that they the the things that have fed them and have cared for them and have protected them they're also animals and that their family group is animals and they're all individuals and then realizing that there's a sense of cooperation right yeah. i mean that's really the, that's the nutshell of the human path of consciousness yeah right i exist Oh, those other people that I know—that's my family. They exist as well. Hey, we can work together to create a better world.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Or at least a little pocket of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the sh- that's the Cole's notes. That's like maybe even the Bob Ross version. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, dude. I gave that as an example on Facebook. Is that some when you first learn something, you have the like the textbook version of it and it's really sharp in your mind and then after a few years you kind of get the Coles notes version where it's like you know you kind of remember a bit of it and then uh, and by the end all you have is the Bob Ross version where you can re- remember it, how it looks you can remember it as an image as a painting but and you know, that's still remarkably useful you know the devil's in the detail but the under true understanding of a thing is in its in its full picture so um, I've actually got notes on consciousness too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spark a, smark a note.
1: Which sucks. When I pull out notes, it's like, all right. Um, okay, so I think one of the th- first things about consciousness is like even outside of notes. You watched the cast already too. Just in so far as to catch up with what we've already established and um um, I believe belief versus probability had yeah. quite a bit of stuff on it. And then um, number two as well. And number one consciousness just keeps coming up constantly. Right.
0: Yeah. And, well, consciousness is everything <laughs> that we experience.
1: Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> at least it comes through our consciousness for sure. Yeah. It comes through our consciousness, but a lot yeah. of people think that consciousness is, is literally everything, you know, that the root of, uh, of reality itself is consciousness and that's a fundamentally interesting idea that then branches off um, into a couple sub ideas one being that you've got you've got like this traversing infinity soul where consciousness is a story of a soul that traverses infinity and then you've got um, Uh, fuck I forgot what the fuck I was talking about
0: would the other one be like a more atheistic kind of a spirit
1: Uh, this is why you don't get high before podcasts people <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> <laughs> I've never done a podcast without getting high first and it's yeah. always like what was I saying what was that word you said a uh,
0: spirit it, that was infinitely traveling was the first one
1: yeah no, it's the two different branches of 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 uh, ideologies that I was trying to go for, but I ended up losing it. And it's, you know what? I could have faked it. I could have faked it, and I could have let this shit sail through. But I threw a wrench into it, and that was probably dumb. But whatever. Um, no, it's this the that's the the thing is, is that the perspective can have room to play. Um, you know, like I can take the same perspective and go, okay, I can, I can see a world like that and then somebody else will take the perspective and be like yeah it's about a reincarnating soul and and i'm like no no it's not but and it's and then funny enough it really is hard like these mind worms once they get in like oh it's a soul traversing infinity and reincarnating into different bodies once that gets in there it pushes out all the reasonable thinking And it's just like, fuck, now I got to fucking sit here for five minutes again and remember what I was thinking about that's not, not necessarily reasonable, but it's not intangible and, and, uh, you know, um, but yeah, no shared stories, I guess. Um, again, you can say the same thing to two people and they both have a completely different perception of it, um, so the story is uh, story's infinitely retellable.
0: Yeah. yeah, well. It's the one it's it's just like the story that they always write in the movies, the hero story. So it's always like there's a hero, he's got a problem, he's got a love interest, he's got a, he's got to do stuff. Oh, he fails, he falls. He's going to give up, but something comes and w- brings him back and then he saves the day well, or whatever, right?
1: Hmm. The old trope. Yeah. The everyone, archetype trope.
0: Everyone likes to bang their favorite song, you know, whatever, whatever gets them there.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. In the other podcast, we had established that, uh, or at least I tried to, um, I could be entirely in error, but I don't think I am, that consciousness is actually formed and established in the brain during the uh, natal period when you're a fetus and that the brain wouldn't have any real connection to the body otherwise but as the body's forming different muscles are firing and they just fire randomly you know and uh, eventually the brain as the brains recording the, f- the, the firing um, has a neural pathway to reverse and reverse engineers it essentially and creates a narrow pathway for control. So everything that occurs, um, or everything that we have control over, everything that we're conscious of in our brain, is something that we've been exposed to. And anything that we've not been exposed to, we will simply not be consciously aware of within our body. Right. And then there's there's processes, obviously physiological processes that we ignore. That we don't have any control over and we don't have any, the body never, for whatever reason, ever attempts to gain consciousness over it, you know, organ processes, breathing, blinking, you know, things that uh, were not a benefit to us to be conscious of at all, you know, which really, again, goes back to evolutionary biology. That seems to be the reason why we're conscious of what we are. And not conscious of what we're not conscious of, because of whether or not there was a need to be, you know. Passing passing stuff on. But that but that begs the question then, what about our human experience can a person stumble on or can randomly occur or can fire or misfire or accidentally fire? that can lead a human then to different states of consciousness right because when we talk about consciousness a lizard has consciousness like it's got sense awareness right yeah a plant probably doesn't have sense awareness like smell and taste and touch and hear and sight sound you know plants don't have that they have very 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 simple chemical senses where it's not even really a sense. It's more like a reaction where if they contact a chemical in their root or their leaf, then there's another you know, reaction that, that uh, proceeds after, right? They at no point like sniff or, you know, taste the air and they don't taste this direction and then that direction to triangulate within the three-dimensional environment where their food source is or anything like that. But a lizard will. And that's yeah. far more complex version of consciousness. Right. Yeah. For sure. But it still continues. It gets it gets bigger than lizards because now we get into mammals like us, like we said, uh, and we have two people talking about their own consciousness on a podcast. Yeah. So the progress from lizard to talking about it on a podcast is uh, is a pretty big leap. And I think that we could probably actually discover um, more about consciousness as a species if people really look at these changes, these very, very basic changes, um, and, and not only in very specific senses, but in structures of senses, which is what we're left with as a human, where not only do we have a very simple sense organ that allows us to observe the environment and then react to it, we have these very complicated um, sense structures or or relationship structures, really, where we have relationships in our mind. We relate things to things, and uh, we create these large complex structures that have uh, that have many layers of um, of self and sense awareness. Not sense in the body sense, but sense in the sense in the um, projected intent, the emotion, the passion, the you know. Yeah,
0: pretty much what like the small version people call like. Their, um, oh, what the fuck? Their narrative, right? Like all of their belief systems, all of the, you know, relationships, what they what they attach ideas to, and when they see certain behaviors, it it triggers things inside of them.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean like. <laughs> there's so much there's so much involved that we could probably literally talk about it we could go through four lifetimes just naming naming the stuff but um you know i suppose when it comes down to something like consciousness because we can't see it we can't really observe it we almost have to push it into some sand and then we can look at the imprint you know yeah like that's about the best thing or look at or shine a light on it and see what kind of shadow it makes. You I know? think
0: that's what they're kind of doing right now with the, the Elon Musk thing, the, the neural net or whatever. <laughs>
1: and then oh, an- Lord <laughs> fucking knows, right? <laughs> beep, beep, I, beep. <laughs> that's I think, all they're getting. <laughs> yeah. I think that what that's going to come down to is, uh, a lot, a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can't just stick a probe in a brain and expect it to see and understand the whole computer process or whatever's going on in there.
1: No. No. There's, there's a there's, uh, there's no there's port.
0: A, yeah. There's a less invasive uh, technique. I can't remember what the guy's company is called, but it's a it's just a unit you wear on top of your head, and it just looks at the light signatures being given off, I guess, whenever you know you're thinking about something or whatever. Hmm. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called, but it's uh he he was on Lex Friedman or, like not too long ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It seems like a it seems like kind of a sum uh sum, like where a, lo- a lot of people think that if you were to take the weight of human molecules um and then you know put the weight of human molecules in the same aggregate fashion maybe even in the same array in together in a different area you're going to be able to have a human Mm -hmm. we are we are more than the sum of our parts and it's the more than us are the sum of our parts that's the squirrely part and it's the part that you can't replace and it's the part that you can't it's when we talk about cloning you know like well are you gonna con- can you clone a personality oh. oh and you can snapshot you can snapshot stuff so if you were to take a clone of you at this point in your life you'd have a snapshot of you at that point in your life but all it takes is another moment like by the time the clone was grown you'd be like oh fuck not that guy Ah, uh, you know, cause you would have moved on from that. It's like reading some old Absolutely. poetry or some shit, right? You'd be like, Oh yeah. fuck. I was such an idiot back then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> really? Because, uh, and it does this what it would be. And the clone would move on because you can't, you'd never be the same person in two bodies being like, Oh, this is weird. Oh, this is weird. I'm in two bodies. I'm in two bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Consciousness is a, Product of the fact that you have this fat bag of water that is just it happens to be configured a certain way, right? Change the way yeah. it's configured, and you change the consciousness. And you know it's so precarious, and it's all so absolutely dependent on idealism, physical and material idealism, that it's really funny, like. A, I come from the perspective of spirituality in religion.
2: Mm.
1: I come from, I'm a hippie. Mm. So I come from the perspective of like my roots are Hindu and Buddhist. You are a soul. You traverse through the multiverse and the dimensions and you know, you reincarnate. That's really is my root. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> you know i've i have since definitely divested from that path and uh and I, again i forgot what the fuck i was talking about
0: i, I was i was going to interject i was going to let you go but isn't yeah, it pretty reject. much all isn't pretty much all religion starts from hinduism like all of the western religion
1: kind of kind of yeah. Yeah. Before Hinduism, there's the proto-Indian-Iranian religion and you'd have to say that that would have uh, highly influenced everything prior to Hinduism. Hinduism would have been influenced from that. And then obviously you've got the Mesopotamian Chaldean type lore that is really kind of surprisingly different than the proto-Indian-Iranian. But the proto-Indian-Iranian is like very similar to the very earliest form of hinduism as well because that's kind of what it grows from and then yeah uh fuck the greeks were definitely i mean the greeks were like egyptian mythos and the egyptian mythos is inspired by the mesopotamian so then it gets handed over to the greeks but then the greeks Absolutely, ramfuck it with Hinduism. Like yeah. Greek, Greece mythology is essentially Egyptian mythology meets Indian mythology, right? And then yeah. the Greek philosophers, like backdoored Hindus, and stole their shit. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> Greece Greek philosophy and Greek stuff is so much reinventing Hindu ideas and rebranding them. But then they improved on them too, right? So, like the Hindus were, were great, but there was very, very little progress, right? I suppose that's probably one of the benefits of it is that there's little progress. But they were there for for a very long time talking about the same shit, and then Greece, uh, they took it and they changed it, and made it, um, made it more sophisticated, made it more complicated right. same as like, it's kind of like the Buddhists because Buddhism arises after Hinduism way after and Gautama, he, he lived in a Hindu culture. His people were Hindu. And so he branched out of there and grew, grew off of it and created, created a system that inspired further people down the road to create some really, really good ass fucking philosophy. Philosophy that merges into um, science, right? Like yeah. the within AD, the the Nadi is like in a. This is the kind of the evolution of human consciousness as a system or an infrastructure goes from the simple line with seven dots on it, which is Hinduism and the Hindu chakra system. And then it gets split, and then they understand that there's actually duality being involved. It gets split by the Jewish Kabbalists into the Tree of Life, because now you start up to apply things like the Merkaba, which is like great geometry. Like, but now you're uh, you're taking the, the line of chakras from the Hindus, and you're applying it in three dimensions and saying okay well that's in three dimensions this is actually the way it looks like um
0: star david
1: yeah absolutely the (laughs) the star tetrahedron and then after that you it evolves even further to the tibetans who are just fucking jedis like tibetans you know if, if anything pisses me off about <laughs> the fucking modern world and people invading anybody you know like yeah. you do whatever you want to the yugur mu- muslims keep your fucking hands off the tibetans like sell organs eat babies do whatever the fuck you want but you just keep your hands off the tibetans okay because those are like the world's most interesting people <laughs> yeah and they have the Nadi system which is a th- it's kind of like the same thing as the chakra or the the sephiroth but now you've got three hundred thousand, right yeah. i don't agree with a lot of the um with a lot of the interpretive ideas like there's a lot of things in zen buddhism the deeper you go where there's it's much like reiki or something um it gets ludicrous very quickly where people start to merge ideas of like electromagnetism and ideas of start to merge a bunch of bullshit into the same pot and then think, you know, like, Oh, this has got to go this direction. And this is, there's a spin on here that a whole bunch of over complicated nonsense that doesn't fucking mean anything. Um, but before the Western moronic people get involved it's actually a significant feat to be able to understand our senses to the point where you can start to formulate how the senses um, are being produced and understanding that organs are part of our sense system and are part of our psychological system part of our feelings you know, like when you feel like you suddenly get really scared of something and you have a bad feeling. Yeah, that's uh, there's organs, there's biochemistry involved. Yeah. Um, and and then so there's this like this, this temptation to start to start looking at everything as a nail if you're a hammer, but w- when you break it down, there's a chemical perspective. There's an electromagnetic perspective. There's a um, a nervous System perspective, you know, this it really does fit into all these things. Like you get a better butterfly in your stomach, and you've got because you're scared, and now you've got an external something that's occurring that you're scared of that's now creating like an endogenous, it's ramping up the endogenous bile production in your pancreas that that's then going to flood into your lower intestinal system. That's then going to trigger your vagus nerve. That's going to fucking trigger it all the way up. You're going to feel it in your chest. You're going to feel it in your, and then you're going to get really, really scared. And this is all just, you know, like the series of biochemical reactions as well as electromagnetic reactions, as well as, you know, so you start breaking down the system and we are this just gigantic, gigantic full system where we've got multiple parts that are working in tandem. Sometimes they work harmoniously. Sometimes there's uh, um, like impedances or like dissonances or, you know, they're not resonating well. Sometimes they're and, you know, people trying to figure this shit out. Yeah. It's like a, a, astrology. But astrology, when they first started saying, hey, listen, there's weird stuff that happens in the world. Oh, we also noticed that the planets changed constantly. I wonder if there's a relationship. When they first thought that, that was a good thinking. But they only used a very, very short period of time. There's a very short period of time where records were kept that say this happened during this astrological, uh, you know, This configuration. Yeah. Right. And it was very short lived. So now, even if you're interested in astrology, you can learn all the math, you can learn all the stuff. But when it comes right down to it, the body of data that says that this can be associated with that is tiny. People gave up really, really early on recording any astrological data. They just gave up. Right, mm. or or we don't have it because the Library of Alexandria was burned down, and and oops, sorry, and the records of the, the record keeping, the data keeping, and all these temples and ziggurats through Mesopotamia are gone, or something, so we don't have them. Right, all we have yeah. now is like some person who's like, oh, this is what it means. It means that you should uh, be really open-minded when you're doing business deals this week because, you know, but how do they get from astrological math to these interpretations where now they can tell you what you need to do? There's a huge hole in that. There's a gigantic gap of data.
0: It's just just a con. So people can snoop you out of a couple of bucks.
1: (laughs) It, It really is a con, right? Whereas when it comes down to how does the Sephiroth affect your human experience, they're way, way, way more nailed. They're, they're, Far more, um,
0: what was the, what was the, more
1: attentive to data? I can't remember if it's
0: Chinese or not, but there's this like there's this device, it looks like a times table, but it's got a whole bunch of characters or whatever. And it's supposed to like be very accurate at uh calculating, uh, I can't remember if it was like the weather or whatever. I think it's called the we- Wei Ching or something like that.
1: <laughs> the I Ching. Ching, yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking. Fucking love the I Ching, man. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I was actually talking about the I Ching recently because uh, a friend had compared it. I was talking about astrology, bitching about it. Cause, yeah. uh, well,
0: what about this thing?
1: You know, heads up. <laughs> heads up. It's a topic coming up. But I was bitching about it and how lame it is. And somebody associated the I Ching to it. Yeah. And I had to say, like, for me, everything's different. Um. Astrology, I've looked into really, really, really deeply to the point where I'm. I feel like I can say what I have to say about astrology because I feel like I've lifted every rock and looked under it. Um, there's, but there's but what, not not everything I can say that for. But the I Ching is again something that I can say. I've lifted enough rocks on the I Ching, and I've given it a, as much as as thorough as I need it to be, and where I say drop the astrology, don't worry about it. Like, look at it. Look at the houses. Look at the math. The best thing about astrology is the relationship between the geometric positions. That's the best yeah. thing. Yeah. That's the best. Whereas with I Ching, now you're starting to get into a completely different set of mathematics. You're getting into a way, just a different way of looking at things. Rather than being 12-sided, you know, or whatever you want to call it, it's eight. So the yeah. focus is eights. It's all about eights and 64s and... Um, th- just the way, the way that it's put together, I think is, um, is a form of cross training, I guess you could say for other things, for looking at other things. It's, uh, it's got value. If you want to use it as a defining tool, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're going to use a fucking something as a defining tool, nothing I can say will ever change your mind. And
0: yeah, that's, that's let's like another just, just b- back. Yeah. So the, what's it called? Uh is is it synchronicity or chaos?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, a,
0: whatever whatever gets you there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But as a tool of um of just learning and, and exploring and uh finding out about other cultures, I Ching is, is seriously good. I mean, I really I'm a big fan of ancient China. So I'm hypercritical about modern-day China and the Communist Party, but I'm actually really quite fond of ancient China and the I Ching and, you know, uh, Sun Tzu, the art of war. Love it. Um, Same as Japanese culture. I really like ancient Japanese culture. I find it fascinating. Modern Japanese culture, I don't like. I don't think that they're keeping up. I think that they're uh, bigoted and patriarchal yeah. and sexist and you know but would you, would you
0: feel like the ancient um east asias would they be more stoic or do you think they would have more emotion stoic be more stoic or yeah modern?
1: yeah or were they or were they Why is, a, what's the word with the word stoic fucking carrot used to bring up that word i'm like honestly i don't even know what stoicism means
0: Well, I just, I'm kind of saying it to describe like a a calm demeanor and don't show too much emotion. And I would assume, you know, to not as a first line of defense of not escalating a random occurrence with anyone, right? Because everyone's polite, but not, I don't know. No one wants to fight.
1: I think, I think ancient Asia was very hardcore. Yeah, you think people Uh, were fucking each other up. I think it was very, very hardcore. I think it was very competitive. Um, I think the relationship between Asian countries at this time are indicative of that. Uh, Koreans are very, very judgmental against uh, Japanese and Chinese and Thai and Burmese. And, you know, Chinese are very judgmental against Japanese and Koreans. And everybody seems to believe that everybody else is somehow not as good as they are. And there's a, there's strong competitiveness. People in China live in such a competitive society that they um, expect to get screwed by each other, right? Even
0: their own family.
1: I don't know about that, but it's just more, you're more likely to get screwed, you're more likely to get people are um it's just it's just harder you get more people and less resources and stuff like that happens yeah right?
0: so it's a pot is a population density thing everyone's there's there's too many fish in the pond
1: oh absolutely absolutely yeah like w- once you start stepping into the water of of uh is there any sort of ethnic difference or something then then i have to say no if you were to put any other um genetic allele combinations of people in their circumstances. I think they're going to act were exactly the same, yeah. but it's, it's very, very, very harsh. I'd say that ancient part of pretty much every society is pretty harsh though. Yeah. What differs us is how many generations of comfort have you had? That's really what da- j- differs us because yeah. we've had multiple generations of comfort and ease and cooperation and, um, when somebody comes into the to the game and they're a newcomer, like all of all of Asia's, they're they're way more technologically, historically technologically advanced than we are. They're than Europeans were for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. You go back; they they're figuring out math and engineering and all that sort of shit. Well, people in Europe are like fucking banging stones together right? The Chinese and the Japanese and the, uh, Indian culture. And they're all way older, way, way doing way more. Um, but as time goes on, everybody, everybody kind of just, you know, like takes the lead and everything like that. And when it comes to, uh, having our post Roman civilizations, where not only are we post Roman at this point, but we're also post colonialism, And post-colonial society is like Rome was cushy. Post-Roman society was cushier. And then now post-colonialism is like we got a washer dryer in our house. We got a dishwasher in our house. We got uh, toilets and showers. We got bath, shower, and toilet in like every house. Plus a washer dryer. Plus a dishwasher. Plus a, a fucking two-car garage, right? This is post-colonialism. We wouldn't have washers and dryers. We wouldn't have this stuff. This is all as a result of North America being occupied. Hundreds of millions of people, you know, booming, populations growing, and people seeking comfort and convenience. But that's um, that's not something that this has been traditional in, in history. And when it comes to East Asia... They're, uh, they're, they're, they're not catching up at the same rate. They're, they, you know, they haven't been on the same path, right? So they're still fucking struggling. Like I don't know if you've seen shit like the, the gutter oil.
0: Oh. People yeah, in
1: Chinese cities digging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They. They. Oh yeah. Pulling out
1: <laughs> buckets of sewage and then
0: filtering stuff. it and selling it back to the street vendors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo.
1: Yeah yeah I do. yeah yeah so that's that's struggle um and you know if you're gonna be if you're gonna be sad then be sad for them because that is that is some serious ass struggle uh when you have to do that when you have to use that when you have to
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah too many people in and not enough resources and in their case obviously a really fucked up system of government but depends on who you ask because i've talked to people all day on facebook that give given them a moment of opportunity they would they would adopt the exact same value systems as china because that's just what they extol that's what they talk about that's what they want you know they think they want they just don't they don't think things through obviously they just you know gets about a second into the thought and then it turns into a meme or something but you know given the opportunity we'd be fucked too yeah. which is which is how it happened in the first place the people um, the people didn't get overtaken they didn't get overthrown they they, uh, they got convinced that's what's going to happen if, if we ever adopt communism it'll be in the form of technocracy and it will be something that people want not is going to be that, imposed
0: yeah yeah is technocracy uh, the rich rule everything
1: no technocracy is the most qualified person to make any decision makes it essentially
0: yeah is it but but uh fuck democracy have a lotocracy or whatever have uh do it like the greeks did have like whoever was the last um uh faction in power uh chooses the pool that the lottery is uh taken from
1: it's basically what we live in now yeah well basically right if you want to vote for a liberal or you want to vote for a conservative you have to wait for the party to choose who it is you're going to be able to vote for yeah
0: well literally our federal
1: politicians are picked by the party right well, they, they should be picking the best of the best. They should be, but they don't. They pick the person who is told by them, by their funders probably, the whoever's given them the most money mm-hmm. has their pick, and the, whoever's given them the most money is probably pretty influential on, on who ends up getting picked. Um, with technocracy, there's no more democracy. You don't have to worry about voting for people because – you go through the like the academic system. If you're talking about vaccines, then again, the virologists are the people who know the most. If you're talking about um, whether our buildings should be built with a particular speck of earthquake proofing, because that's what governments do is they decide stuff like that. Should this be should we cause companies to to spend more money to reach this level of earthquake proofing? because of the area or not. That's when you bring in a specialist, an expert and say, you know, can it now with the system that we have today, you have a democratically elected individual who can be replaced if you don't like them. And they then bring in experts and then they have to make a decision, right? Um, In technocracy, there would just simply be no politician and the expert would be, Summoned by a council or something. And then that would be it. That would be the, you know, that'd be the thing. So insofar as, uh, efficiency is concerned, it's like totally efficient. Right? (laughs) Like if I, if I had to argue for for technocracy in a debate, I wouldn't have any problem at all. (laughs) Right? Like it's, it's a simple, it's a no brainer that technocracy is better than democracy. Yeah. It's simple
2: yeah
1: very 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 simple
0: no matter what everyone's going to be unhappy about something and things are still going to move forward so this is the best we got
1: (laughs) well you start to you start to unpack it though right so yeah technocracy like if you want to like people can't afford medical so technocrats like this these are the services that have to be free people are happy um in, in in technocracy i think people would generally be happy for the vast majority of the time yeah the question then comes in is what decisions or what this what the what ability to make decisions for themselves do the people lose because there's actually an efficiency to consider right? well
0: well how involved are they with the runnings of the country at large
1: Well, I'm just saying if we replace uh, democracy with technocracy, then it's way more efficient. Um, We don't have to we don't have to get, you know, there's no middleman between an expert and the solution and, you know, getting it done. Whereas right now you have to go through the politician who can then also get bribed and and impede progress, perhaps with technocracy. uh, You look at the roads, say, for instance you say, should we be spending money on new roads? A technocrat comes in and says, listen, we did the math and we found that there's uh, 20 minutes less wait between uh, two kilometers of distance if we add these two corridors because they seem to connect everything, right? I mean, fact is we could then use machine learning to start to crunch numbers and to calculate things and go oh okay so the machine learning the the math literally says that this is the best decision why do we need a fucking politician yeah why like why would we need a politician running our lives when we can use math and ai and uh experts to tell us like what do we do well let's ask the fucking expert let's ask the climatologist what do we do right and if they if they're a doorknob then we can pin them like if they're like oh well you know the water's probably going to go up by three feet if we do that we can remind them that the water's never gone up (laughs) and that they're just simply gonna ruin their reputation if they fucking talk like a uh you know globalist fangirl because we have access to the ocean and we can see that it's not going up
0: earth wants plastic earth wants plastic earth wants plastic
1: yeah Uh, plastic's good plastic's good right
0: dude dude, it's already starting to become part of everything it's in everything we eat you know what it's it's literally part of the evolution because one way or another human beings are going to start using life sustaining mechanisms and it's going to be a it's going to start off as first being uh what's the word called What's the Kink, not kink. What's the word when that something that you that arouses you the most? What's that thing called?
1: Uh, attractive, attractive. No. Um.
0: Doesn't uh, matter. But anyway, grannies
1: people, with nipple rings. Wait, what?
0: It's going to be another thing people are addicted to is trying to stay alive as long as possible. So there's definitely going to be organs being replaced by mechanical things. People are going to slowly start morphing with technology one way or another either exoskeleton so why wouldn't the body kind of you want to start turning it into a more plastic silicone based uh in integrated thing since you're already going to be doing that with a knife and scalpel you might as well do it chemically too maybe somewhere it's going to start bonding and people are literally going to start growing plastic (laughs) things that they can surgically start porting you and then it's just like
1: yeah why not right why not yeah um yeah 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 i i the, i'd love to live another thousand years just to see how people fuck around with the genes because you'd think too like the the idea of plastic first of all is the term plastic could be applied to so many things it's not yeah. necessarily a petrochemical. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. No. It's a state. Right.
1: There's yeah, and there's tons of organic plastics, tons of and and you could even consider our skin like kind of plastic, right? Mm-hmm. Where perhaps with something like the skin, like how we have uh, collagen, and then we also have these like keratin things that grow out of our on our skin. Um,
0: That's from the crabs we evolved from.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But could we genetically modify people uh, to to literally thicken their skin or to create um, less plasticization of the skin? Because right now our skin is so plastic that it's actually really weak. Yeah. You know, plasticizers generally soften uh, soften a material, right? so i mean is the skin enough of something like a plastic for us to be able to use our understanding of plastics with genetic modification to create armor that would be fucking awesome i want armor dude of course you can't you wouldn't be able to like give yourself armor but you might be able to give a human armor
0: i'm pretty sure part of uh planning to go to space like mars or whatever they're uh, thinking about the idea of surgically enhancing bones with like uh, carbon fiber type of things. They're probably like carbon titanium bullshits hmm. because like the difference in gravity, like Mars is smaller than Earth, right? Yeah. So you're going to be lighter. So you're going to be like, what, what's people with like, that are like really tall, they die soon because their bodies are just so big that I don't know. They they usually end up having some kind of like weird organ health issues,
1: encephalitis, or, or no, that's not know. it.
0: <laughs> I just remember like all of the in the textbooks, all of like the really big, like tall people. I don't know if it was gigantism or whatever, but I don't
1: know. Whatever. I've actually got I've got a good friend whose whose son has a genetic um, uh, difference, and uh, he's he's like a really big boy. It was like, but like big boy at like 12 years old i'm not sure wow. if that's it but um that one's a really rare um 47 chromosomes i believe is is the cause of it i'm wow. not sure what the other chromosome does but to it anybody
0: fucking bag. <laughs> yeah
1: and i mean to anybody else he's just a, a very a f- well-developed fella Right, yeah. Um, to him and, and to his parents, they probably, you know, you, you know the you know the details yeah. of of the hu- human experience, but to everybody else, he's just a a super sweet big dude. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, now we now we can understand that stuff, right? fucking yeah. genetics.
0: Yeah, genetics are wild, man. But
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is DNA conscious? That's another big question that nobody asks because it's a dumb question, but I ask it because, you know, DNA has got this real squirrely fucking way of making things that are conscious. Yeah, it really does. Right. Yeah. And if it's not conscious, then is it like the sperm of consciousness? Really? Cause what does it make? It makes things that at the very least are self-aware in the form of sense awareness. DNA produces self-aware creatures, whether or not it's the most remedial form, which is a plant, which plants are like, to say a plant is self-aware is a huge stretch of self-awareness when you really start getting into the hammering it out. But, you know, it'll respond to stuff. And if you put two plants beside each other, and you stress one out, the one beside it can respond as well. Not because it's conscious or anything, but because of the fucking chemical reactions. But, you know, up from there, DNA starts to producing things that have senses and things that have feedback loops that ultimately create self-awareness. Right. right. So as DNA, itself self-aware what the actual fuck
0: I don't know I think because like I I know very little about chemistry and biology but maybe it would be easier to think about it closer to something like the game of life you know like the little like if you let that thing run forever could you call that thing conscious and aware like could DNA just be like perfectly captured information that it doesn't need to be aware. It just needs to be, you know, in the right environment for it to do its thing and meet meet what it needs to meet to make what it needs to make. And that's it, that's all. Mm. Like uh, it's, just, it's just more mechanical and just autopilot.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, the Game of Life, just in case anybody's not familiar, we're not talking about the Hasbro or whatever the hell. <laughs> uh, you can be a winner at the Game of Life. No, it's actually a, um, um, a series of differential equations uh, fed into a graphical um, system that you know shows you cool stuff. Uh, one of my favorite things, and if an, anybody's not familiar with it, then they should be, is the logic differential equation and the lo- logic differential equation is the dummies uh, best way of looking at this type of shit where you can take any number and double it right but there's a couple rules so if you want to start taking a number take a single digit and then you're stuck on the single digit the whole time right so You have to reduce it. You don't add the two numbers together. You just drop the number furthest left, right? So you start with four. You double it to eight. Now you double it to 16, which turns into six. Now you double it to 12, which turns into two. Now you double it to four. Now you double it to eight. Now you double it to 16, which turns into six, you know? So if you do this, then obviously once you get to the four, it starts to cycle goes from four to 8 to 16 to 12 back to 4. If you do then all of the numbers, then some numbers take longer before they step into a cycle. Now if you add two digits, two digits it starts to get more interesting, three digits it gets even more interesting. right Now three digits, you end up having sometimes really long chains of numbers before you start to get into the get into the loop. Right. And if you map all this out into, into graph paper, then you end up having the same sort of differential um, you know, parabolas as you'd have with any other differential equation. But these are just really simple ways of uh, creating. I mean, it's basically it's just a simple rule that once you throw a number in, you can start to look for numbers that never end. Right? And a never number that will never end just creates like a creates a pattern like a parabola or a like a waveform. Whereas almost every single number you'll come across just goes into a circle. And once it's in a circle, like it'll be a cool shape into a circle, done. The numbers toast. Right. Have you ever done those differential formulas? No.
0: <laughs> no? No. Okay. No. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't math too hard. I, uh, I watch other people do math and I go explain it to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good enough.
1: Really? That's funny. Cause you actually, you talk about math more than a lot of people I know. So I assume that you're like doing math more.
0: No, I probably should. But, uh, I got really lazy in high school and, uh, when it came to like learning it and doing my, my assignments or whatever, pfft, I handed it in, and as soon as I graduated, I forgot everything. So whenever I see like people like reducing equations down, I forget the steps. Like I, I, I inherently know because I remember kind of vaguely from like the instruction. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, oh, I need a, I needed someone to like be like, nope, you did that the wrong way. Nope, nope. Like I'd need like two or three weeks, and I've just never been like that interested enough to mm-hmm. practice. Which I should, because then it would help me with my intuitive thinking, and that's yeah. I
1: think I've so Yeah, that's just that's the funny thing is I think you're a lot further along than most people, um, at least insofar as being like, oh, well, that sounds like blah. At least from one our one from with our what we've been talking about recently, yeah. Um, uh, and, and more grounded in the math because the math for me is really really difficult. For some things, like we're, I've been uh, telling Danny about um, this idea that came across my head. I had a migraine for three days, and this idea nailed me. Uh, It's a really cool model that I was trying to attempt to understand at the moment how regular dimension stuff can produce the appearance of multiple dimensions. And that ended up leading me back to like really, 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 super primitive, very basic, basic constructs of what a dimension itself is, and how then the that the 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 pieces can be put together in order to uh, in order to create these illusions of complexity. Right. And we're both into like things like the, the game of life. Um, and you're familiar with cellular automata, right? Stephen Wolfram?
0: A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Like, is that like, are you talking about like microtubules and such? Uh,
1: not really. Um, maybe. I mean, I'm familiar with microtubules from psychology and, mm-hmm. and biology where they're just basically connecting the nuclei of the cells. Yeah. And they're, they're really interesting cause things, they, uh, they have, uh, they have like, um, what, what appears to be faster than light communication, right? Yeah. Because of, uh, because of basically being able to bypass, uh, the, the distance, um, by, by having a so having the same thing connected at two points, essentially, it's not yeah. rocket science. It's it seems like when you look at it, it seems like it's like, whoa, this is being really trippy. And people use words like quanta and shit like that. And yeah. <laughs> it's not really. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, the fact that you can stretch your arm out here and stretch your arm out here and connect touch two things at the same time is, is about as trippy as it really is right but at any rate um (laughs) is that what you mean by tubular
0: yeah when you would you yeah
1: because the the steven wolfram he created well he didn't create actually i think he just borrowed it but the cellular automata where you've got just like the tic tac and then there's a rule if you want to place another tic tac you can only place one up and to the right and then if there's already one there, then you have to skip it and go up to the left one kind of, or something. It's
0: kind of like the game of Go? Yeah.
1: And it creates patterns, though. Okay. It's like more like the game of life where you put in this very simple um, mathematical rule set. And like one rule set creates very simple things two rule sets creates more complicated things. You end up getting the like six rule sets. And then now you have these like really wild fractal patterns that are, um, uh, perceptibly infinite. If they're not infinite, then you'd never, you're never going to get to the end of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Which infinite numbers are obviously pretty, pretty squirrely and fascinating to.
0: So, so couldn't that be maybe, an attempt to describe what the the multiple dimensions the ones that are higher than 4 are existing maybe they're just you know dimensions of frequencies that need to be there so that the the perceivable reality can be perceivable
1: <laughs> mhm yeah. maybe but we just can't see them right so if we can't if we can't see them then as far as an axiom goes, we probably shouldn't assume that they're there. Right. So that's where my axiom is assuming that they're not there, assuming that three dimensions of space and one dimension of time is all we get, how does it work? Right. Like, uh, then that's the same, same thing as when you see go into the two dimensional stuff, like with a spinner. How do you get a spinner to? to do what it's going to do within two dimensions. But in 1930, they didn't have a problem with it. Figured it out. It's only only in modern day that people have a huge problem with it, and it's because they're trying to fix it into a three-dimensional manifold, into a three-dimensional system, which, in my opinion, is silly, but... um, that's that's just one part of the perspective, I suppose, is that things only apply within the boundaries that they exist within, and if you find a bigger boundary, you can't just start trying to get things that don't exist within it to apply, right? Yeah, it's just how it is.
0: Yeah, because then you get like stupid guys like m- me being like. Well, then, maybe everything is flat and it's just projected to be three-dimensional through you know consciousness. You no, know, maybe that's part of the reason why we have to have biocular vision <laughs> to, to create the 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 sense of 3 d <laughs> that mm. might not actually be there. <laughs> mm.
1: no, that's a that's a reasonable enough idea, though, right? Mm-hmm. that's a reasonable enough idea that's like the notion that um the notion that what you're looking at before you looked at it was not necessarily
0: there there, there. yeah which but, brings but, back
1: the book by lo- by, yeah. by looking at it you are taking a, a series of potentials by looking at it, you're taking mathematics that doesn't necessarily have to have an answer, and you need an answer. So once you look at it, that that answers that answer is made, and it's that's the simple split, the the split double slit test. Sorry, right. right? Where you observe the electron, and now it no longer acts like a wave; it starts acting like a particle. But it's you know. Uh, All the hippie shit aside, it's the function of interfacing with something and the contact forces a relationship with it and that contact forces some kind of an exchange and that exchange itself reduces the, uh, reduces the potential and creates a, an is, right? Yeah. Turns a maybe into an is. Yeah, Yeah.
0: And when you're, you know, all alone it's just yours. (laughs) But then when you got a buddy, now you two are both on the same reality. You're in the same consciousness. You guys are sharing consciousness now, especially if there's a conversation going.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 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 That would be nice to be able to explore is um, where, where people do start to share levels of consciousness. Yeah. Uh, And when, and when they do. Right. I don't think that it's one of those things that one of many things that if you were to put into a lab, it'll break. You can't, you can't put that in a lab because there's simply no, there's no means by which to study it. Uh, when, when things like that happen between people, it's a unique thing that those two people have to be there for, Mm -hmm. right? That's right um in order for it to happen because it's a it's a lot of chemistry more than just you are a bag of fat with water um the two people have to jive they have to be on the same level they have to be on the same wavelength they have to be and then things can proceed so it's much like anything else uh to do with the human experience or human psychology is we have to pull out the idea of microscopes and and we can use things like um MRIs or 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 brain scans of whatever kind to be able to sometimes associate some things to uh uh empirical data. But for the most part if two human beings are required and if each other getting along is also required and if them having things in common is also required and if one of them have being gassy will fuck it up because he's in a bad <laughs> mood is you know now you're starting to be like there's no way you can ever be sure because you'll never get this into a lab you're never going to get this to yeah, theres yeah
0: there's way too many um, part point, p- p- points of interjection
1: yeah fuck yeah like
0: variables yeah like you
1: two guys get high and start having some weird like fucking telepathy or something you want to you want to put that into a lab and prove it? You're yeah. you're ever gonna get that night after that show that they went to with that perfect combination of fucking drugs and alcohol, with that absolute perfect environment, with a bond, with nobody else around to judge them. You're gonna find that in a lab. There's no way, right? So what we can do is we can we can we can live and learn. <laughs> when it comes to that sort of shit live and For learn sure. and you know it's our little secret if we figure something out because b- bottom line is the we're never gonna be able to prove it even if we even if we try to yeah ain't oh. gonna prove it
0: not all equations need to be provable Ugh.
1: no no and that's that's somebody said that recently on rogan
0: yeah it, it's i don't know who did but um I just remember w- watching a, a math video. I think it was Veritasium prob probably and he was, Oh, that's
1: it. That's it, dude. You sent me that yeah. one. Yeah, that was yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, he, he I think he was just talking about like infinities and different the different sizes and how like there are some infinities that just don't end and that shouldn't shouldn't be the case. There should be an end of math or numbers. It shouldn't according to what you know is the popular belief i guess but math appears to go on forever
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you can't fit that yeah something like that like you can't fit something and whatever i can't remember the exact uh, uh summary of
1: it all was but yeah there's so many different infinities right uh, yeah. it gets does get confusing um because there's different scales of shit. Uh, Tons like if I See a graphic and they're like there's more pixels In this graphic than there are the entire the, uh, Stars in the entire Known universe sure I'm Like all right <laughs> yeah Okay because I see I see shit like that Fucking all the time and it claims And it's because there's really that not that many Stars in the known universe right yeah There's more atoms in the in the fucking something than there Are stars in the known universe absolutely yeah. Because atoms are just so much more ubiquitous there's there's an un- imper- imperceivable amount of them multiple scales times more than stars in the universe obviously because each star itself is composed of an, an unthinkable number of them right but yeah you know so yeah the shit like that for all it's almost like a false associations yeah there are more atoms in your penis, then there are stars in the entire sky. Therefore, your penis is a universe in and of itself. <laughs> what if each atom is actually a star?
0: Or, uh... Whoa. Or what if the, the strong nuclear force is actually just a little mini black hole or gravity? Well, I don't know what the difference is. I'm pretty sure they're the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Six one happened to the other.
0: Yeah. Like that's what it is. So everything is black holes. You have black holes inside of you. Everything is made and suspended from the super small to the super big is black holes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah well i mean it does make sense that um that's why that's why like the the basic idea that the universe itself is a black hole is kind of like okay you know yeah like why not? when you're talking about the space between all the stuff that we talk about what's there well that's just vector it's just a vector it's just it's yeah. just an environment for things to exist in because it's part of the black hole yeah <laughs> it, there's stuff outside of it but we don't see it we'll never know if you're inside yeah. a black hole do you know you're in a black hole
2: no mm. of course not yeah.
1: You'd it would look it would appear just like you're in a universe if you're in a black hole yeah but you're never going to see outside of it because yeah. light from uh no light from outside could get in
0: yeah but does it what, what happens right? to the light once it gets in what what does the spaghettifying do to a photon
1: would you even know notice the spaghettification though
0: well apparently when you're falling into a black hole to everyone outside you will be forever falling into that black hole so i don't know that what that means for you as if you're the person falling into the black hole if that means that you fall into it immediately or you fall into it forever and you never actually go anywhere you're just stuck there forever
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what if the black hole like it what if at the edge of our known universe visible universe that was where the black hole its edge was and all all the stuff that gets spaghettified into our universe through that through that uh fuzzy barrier it just ends up appearing like like you know background radiation from a yeah. from a distant uh big bang
0: could be it
1: it just gets torn so far that all it is is just a basic hum it's just a buzz yeah could be i don't know
0: i don't know maybe the the light coming in and gets well wait but what about well what about hawking radiation that that that's gotta be a thing so okay if we're inside of a black hole then it should be shrinking but it's appears to only be getting wider faster or bigger faster
1: why would it be shrinking because er, uh, space itself is expanding so the volume of space inside a black hole should constantly be expanding
0: oh so maybe the matter is
1: it'd just be compressing yeah. If it, if it appears on the outside to be getting smaller but the matter on the inside is always expanding, then it would simply be compressing. That's actually kind of interesting because would that create kind of like a stasis? Nah. You know? Its it's space is expanding, but the rest of everything is compressing it further. So would it just like never expand? It would just stay where it is?
0: Well, maybe that might be a, <laughs> a, a way of trying to help explain because like isn't like the second rule of thermodynamics means that everything eventually is going to get cold and die and it's not going to be able to make any mechanical, you know, Mm. production, but it doesn't appear to be appears that the entropy is neutral. It's counterbalanced and that's how everything can be things that we observe and that we exist or something shit like that.
1: I I didn't understand it to that degree, but, uh, I mean, as I understand it, entropy is going to win. Yeah. Oh, give it enough time, right? Man.
0: But the, Some people, I think, want to argue big Peter that, out. that there might not be a big Peter out because the entropy somehow is balanced mm-hmm. for, for everywhere that it, it goes high, it goes low somewhere else, and then there's just a constant flux of whenever the entropy gets too high somewhere else, it gets really low somewhere else, and then it just...
1: You know. I see so that the entire universe itself wouldn't wouldn't suffer from entropy but perhaps um uh, like limbs of the universe would yeah maybe a limb well, would die out while another portion well, is actually in a different well, state I of think, entropy
0: yeah actually well maybe eventually it's maybe it's just gonna it's just been holding on but eventually like any other perpetual motion machine it'll eventually just...
1: won't
0: won't keep going
1: the well that's the the interesting part is we always see things linearly right um i try i tend to see things um as a simultaneous right so it's like do things reincarnate no we actually exist at least in my perception as a simultaneous incarnation system where where there is no like there's no you know multiple it's like literally now is the time really it is now and everything that exists now kind of like splits the share of 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 what it is and however you're configured or equalized is who you are going to be um much in the same of uh like say the big bang or entropy i don't believe in the big bang but let's say if if i was right i think that it's going to be more like uh precipitation of materials from quantum stuff in a vector that's been uh produced by two-dimensional structures like quantum stuff quarks yeah. and gluons and shit like that yeah. um but that like a mechanical pencil every time a bit's pushed out the end there's something else getting pushed in Right, so I'd imagine that there's a hot center of some kind, and that hot center is nothing, essentially. It's non-material, immaterial, and it's producing materiality, and it's pushing it out, and it's firing it out, and as it fires out, it uh, it just keeps pushing it further out. So you know, that would be like the things on the edge are starting to decompose they're decomposing because of entropy there's literally and it's you could call it entropy or you could just say that there's 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 no more energy going into the um system excitation exactly so it's they're just everything's getting so far apart as well that it just peters out. What could be an electron in a compressed universe once you stretch it 80,000 times, it's just a bunch of b- bunch of quantum stuff again. So at that point, the edge of that universe and the beginning of that universe would be touching Man. kind of thing. And then yeah. once that stuff got so entropic that it just turned back into quantum stuff, now it's part of the torus, now it's part of the donut, and it gets yeah. it's fuel for the stuff in the middle to start producing more uh nuclei. Mm. Right? And then it's performs forms a, a fucking neutron, which then gets fucking decayed into a proton and electron and a and a neutrino mm. uh and it just continues. The, the you know they start sticking together, they start reacting, they start doing their thing. Get into like the three quarter mark here we are with like cold rock and liquid water and uh you know hydrogen's a gas, methane's a gas, you know hydrocarbons themselves, light hydrocarbons are all gases, uh but water's a liquid we're at the seventy five percent mark or something, yeah, right, where it's cold cold enough to do the shit but not yet subject to entropy fucking things up is there a point in the universe where it's already so subject to entropy that everything's just been annihilated i don't know i don't know would we know i don't know it's too far away (laughs) it's way too far away yeah. Really, even if it's the seventy-five th- percent, right? I
0: think there's like this weird lensing thing that happens where it's like even if we try to look further, there there is going to end up a point where it's like we can only see so far. There's going to be a, a kind of event horizon anyway. From like, we won't be able to travel further then because we just there'll just never be anything technologically. Oh yeah like well capable things, of doing it
1: <laughs> there's things so far away too that even at the highest speed that you could imagine because of the expansion of the universe we'll just never get there mm. the universe is expanding faster than we can travel because it's at the other side and not only do we have the entire universe to traverse but every au of space that we traverse the space gets bigger
0: so you'll you'll end up just staying in one spot, actually. <laughs> at at <laughs> some point, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: because that's yeah. that's the thing, and that's that's also the thing about time, is that time changes. Time changes as as the universe goes on, yeah. right? Yeah, um, there's different
0: time where where there's more gravity time goes by slower where there's less gravity time just flies by.
1: Well, it's also, we're, we're talking about the three dimensional space time system. So if space is expanding, then time is expanding. Yeah. So if you were to take, say a snapshot of space time and say, okay, that planet is, you could either say it's so many seconds away, or you could say it's so many kilometers away. And there's a calculation of the kilometer per second. Right. If you were to take that distance and divide it by 100, now fast forward a a few hundred million years, and it's actually each slice, each one of those one hundredths is actually greater. It's now 12% bigger because the Earth is the planet, you know, the whole thing's expanding. So from the beginning of the universe in a moment, if we, could, if, we could, if we could take a slice of duration of time, that would be a reasonable amount of calculate. And that was, we could just call it a moment for hypothetical sake. At the beginning, nowadays, that would be, you know, multiple moments, thousands of moments. So when they say that the universe is 13.8 billion years, I'm actually not sure if they've taken that into consideration. The yeah. fact that when things started the universe was a lot smaller. So not only do we have the time it takes for the light to get from the center to the edge, but this time it takes is constantly growing. So you'd have to figure out some kind of a value that you could be like, okay, here's a duration, but that duration then over a period of time would have to change. You'd have to constantly be updating the value of like the, the the velocity. The velocity of light would have a different value based off of space literally growing, therefore it taking longer to go from point A to point B, right? So is this even part of it? I don't know if they've calculated that, but they are super duper smart, so I'm guessing they are on it. Yeah, 3.8 billion years to me, though, is just is like I don't believe that for a second. There's no fucking way the universe is 13.8 billion years. It's just think. I think it's way older. Way older. Way older. You know. Yeah. So
0: then, hold on a minute. Can I, can I take a pee break?
1: Yeah. Um. Let's take a uh, tenor here. And okay. uh, yeah. All right. Oh. Back in a minute. Ooh, man, that's out of tune. Like fucking nobody's business.
0: I love out-of-tune guitars. You'd love mine. Mm-hmm. Is it a nylon string?
1: This one is, yeah. Decent. Oh, man. Man. Ugh. Yeah, it's a weird tuning. It's a it's a speci- very specific tuning. For the Keith uh, Richards Open G.
0: <laughs>
1: basically. Uh, yeah. it's the Ani DeFranco open G. So I don't know if this is Keith Richards used the same one, but...
0: I don't know. This is like five-string technique where I can't remember if it, he took off the bottom E or the top E. I'm going to assume it was the bottom E to play like a more twangy chord thing. And then I guess that five-string arrangement is like a
1: an open G or something like that. Oh. I think. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure this is open G. Hmm. But I don't know if it's the same Open G, like I said he used, but I only know one song in this tuning. and uh,
0: Is it Paint It Black? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Anya DeFranco. Yeah.
1: I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's a, a folk singer from, like she was very popular in the 90s. Dope. is she yeah. Canadian? I don't think she was Canadian. Um, I don't think so. I think she might have been like, Boston or New York or something like that, but she's maybe could be she toured here, played yeah. here lots. She used to do like the Vancouver Folk Fest and, um, uh, yeah, really yeah. an early like chick power. Fuck yeah,
0: chick power is awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, i'd I'd recommend her for sure. Annie DeFranco, and uh, another one of my favorites from back then is Vetta Hille. Vettis lives. She lives in Vancouver. She's Canadian.
0: What was that name again? Ani
1: Ani DeFranco. D. I. Franco.
0: I would put a D. <laughs> I think I it's an know. I. I'll find it.
1: Yeah, there, there yeah, can't yeah. be that many. Oh so, no! No no no!
0: So I uh I remember what we were talking about just before we took a break. Mm-hmm. You, were, you, you I think you summarized. What you're, if you're right, your universal uh, model would look like a Taurus, a donut shape with nothing in the middle and everything that peters out kind of just poof, back into the nothingness and then boop, back out again. So my question, does that need to have a beginning or did that thing just always be? It just always was. It probably... It, oh but that but then like you can't think of it having a past because ever, as far back as you go it's just like if you were to say like okay well when it just was <laughs> in the beginning or whatever i don't know how to say it without saying the beginning but there uh, would yeah. there would be it would be it would be not f- correct but there would have to be some point in the universe in its infancy or its this version of it if that's easier it's just at its zero point like when the things were j- just all the same or whatever
1: that's just it is that you could look at the zero point of the atoms that we have here yeah so the atoms that we have here um they are the product of uh fusion and giant solar fucking novas supernovas right yeah uh you know everything past like the Uh, Everything past, like, the first nine elements are all produced from Nova. They're not produced naturally. Um, And, or they're not produced naturally by, like, just basic fusion events. So you get these gigantic fusion events in order to produce things like gold. Yeah. Right? So the Earth is the product of multiple, multiple series of of fusion events, probably. That's the kind of thing where, like, the 13.82... Earth is 4.3 billion years old. That, to be fair, is the time that the Earth most recently cooled.
0: Yeah. Who knows how long it was hot for?
1: Well, um, if the asteroid belt is the product of a collision with proto-Earth, and then proto-Earth got moved out of its orbit into the orbit that it's in, which was once a Zechariah Sitchin theory. Now it's starting to actually, be, I've seen people like mention it for realsies. Well, if that's the case, it? then 4.3 billion years would be the most recent time that it cooled after the impact with whatever that created the asteroid belt. The rest of the solar system then would be way older than 4.3. And then in order for the solar system to exist as it does now, Is that one seriously just one supernova? Like how many supernovas are you going to get out of a piece of material? If you track the atoms that are in our earth back in history, how many novas do you get? If it's only 13.8, that's only, well, this sun would then be 5 billion years old, right? So you get one more? Like when this sun was produced and when the elements secreted around it producing the planets that we have now, that's five billion years old now. So that only means that we only have one more sun to Nova beginning to Nova period for these atoms that we're dealing with that we call our bodies and all the gold and, and platinum and all the titanium and all the, all the fucking stuff that's complicated is the product of that of that Nova. One, we got one nova. We, we we had material accrete, precipitate it all congealed together. We get one nova. It spits the material back out. It cloud dusts. It all cretes back together, and then here we are. That's all we get. If the universe is only thirteen point eight billion years, that seems like a really fucking dumb story. Like I think that the the materials that we have. I've never done the math because I'm too dumb, but I'd guess the materials that we are working with right now have had several Nova. They are the result of multiple Novas. I'd guess.
0: So the idea that a star dies and doesn't restart itself. Is that I, wait. I'd I don't remember. They always say a star goes red giant or depending on what the star was before it gets into its, death cycle or whatever you call it. Um, they, oh yeah, they, they just usually end up turning into a black hole eventually after the red giant or whatever fizzles out and collapses on itself or something like that. No,
1: I don't think so. No, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, essentially you end up having it burn out Cause there's probably like three different classes of star and we're only talking about the one that relates to our star, yeah. the sun. Um, mm-hmm. But no, like I say, our sun, it'll get just so ginormous that its actual diameter will, it will will be as big as like, it it would Earth it, orbit. Yeah. yeah, it would it suck us in just because of being too close to it, because um, yeah. it is it is going to expand, and then after it gets really really big, and it converts um, its light gases into heavy gases, it gets to the point where. It no longer has the heat to create the fusion events because once it's out of helium, now it has to now can only fuse the hydrogen fraction. It doesn't like run out of one before it starts consuming the other, but at the same time, the it takes it takes the reaction to create the next fusion. Takes the conditions of the previous fusion to create the next fusion, and once the materials are so heavy. Then they can no longer fuse. But as far as I understand it, like, and I don't, admittedly. But as far as I understand it, the contents of the entire system then start to get absorbed, or at least the nearer planets start to get absorbed by the sun by the star, until again now it starts to have a mass. um, It starts to become unstable, like a, like a, like a, you know, isotope with a bad number of electrons where it's just like you fucking fart and the thing will snap. Right. Um, and then at that point, I don't know what's the next Nova. I don't really understand it, but, uh, no matter what it would, we'd need to create enough elements that are higher elements in a single Nova in order for the earth to be this for the universe to be this long. Interestingly enough, also when I looked at the, why the universe is 13.8 billion years, the idea that the f- earth is 4.3 billion years old has to do with it. I can't remember what? the exact chain. It, it's like, but they're equivalencies.
0: Like, Cause isn't it because we have lead in our ground and it takes, some like radioactive material like so many billion years it's half-life to de- decay into lead or something shit like that that's what they figure um,
1: i don't know honestly i don't know I've, like as far I've, as the 13.8 billion though yeah. as far as i remember it earth being 4.3 is part of the calculation it's extrapolated from the date of the earth itself um right. i don't know I don't know. Honestly, don't know where we get. And again, it, thankfully, astrophysicists are like, "Yeah, no, that's just how far we can see, right?" The, yeah. The the actual universe is like a hundred and twenty billion years wide. Man, yeah. is what they assume. But, yeah. so, but
0: it, so so if it's that wide, shouldn't it be that old?
1: <laughs> well, it's expansion, unfortunately because because it's been expanding the entire time it's not 13.8 billion years long and the whole idea of the long part too is just fucking weird right like it really is weird when you look at the fact that uh, like i love listening to astronomers and they say yeah with the hubble telescope we look back you know seven billion years back before it's like wait wait a sec what the fuck did you just say you just, you're looking back seven billion years. The fuck is that even possible? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is, <laughs> is there a specific direction you have to look at in order to look back seven billion years? Or can you just pick up, fuck a pot spot in the sky and be like, let's look seven billion years back. Well, it turns out that there's actually a spot in the sky. Actually, it turns out that there's, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, Region that 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 it all starts to expand from, and if we look at that region, and we mute out, uh, if we basically just focus backward, <laughs> mute out. If we look into the absolute pitch shit darkness in the right zone of space, then it's taken light billions of years to get here from there, and we yeah. call that. It's not even light, it's just energy. We call that the background radiation, you
0: know. Yeah.
1: And it's, yeah, it's weird. It doesn't make the, any sense.
0: It's the static when you turn your TV on antenna and there's no antenna signal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I could see the static being like I can see the static being like, yeah, it's just just fucking shit, you know? It's just it's something, but you can't, you know, unless you have like a decipherer. All it is is static, but for static to be like, oh no, that's the be- that's the beginning of the cosmos. That's the isn't it, that's isn't the it, echo. echo. That's yeah. the echo of the yeah. beginning of yeah, of yeah. the beginning of consciousness or of co- consciousness. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Is that a Freudian slip?
0: It it could be. It, yeah. No, but it it could be. It could be the the first pulse of. All right, this it needs to get a little alive in here. This is boring.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you look at? Do you look at? Uh, do you look at like the origins of stuff? Do conscious? Does consciousness become a variable?
0: I don't know. It does if you need a story to explain math. I think mathematical concepts, mm-hmm. geometry. I don't know. I kinda do,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the one thing that i it's one thing that I really do uh uh have a curiosity above um, um no, it's cool above all other things is whether or not there's an equivalency or there's an a, an analogous part of consciousness in in that sort of origination in the origin story of the universe. And I can't get away from it. I really can't get away from it. And and it's only because of the nature of, of what consciousness is. It seems like it, it, it is, I don't know. It seems like it's an example that we have of like the root, you know. It's almost like the we are at where we're, we're obviously a macrocosm, um. But it seems like it is uh, in there somewhere. Like fucking, how could it not be? How could it not be? You can't tell me that in the goddamn universe everything waited for us to become self-aware, you know, like that would be a terrible story.
0: Maybe, maybe that's how hard it is (laughs) for, for, for this type of consciousness can emerge.
1: (laughs) Maybe it takes a real long time. Maybe. And you know, that's probably the most reasonable explanation um, that it really does take a really long time. Same as any sort of autonomy. Um, we can see that autonomy is not um, ubiquitous in the universe. There's, there's, there's no autonomous entities floating around as quasars or something. Or at least we don't know that quasars are autonomous, like they're acting of some sort of a volition or something. You know, um, we're it. We're it. So if we, we are, are, if we are the the root of consciousness, or if the, or if awareness itself never arises in the universe until us that is a that is such a shitty story but you know life's just like that sometimes but it would be it would be a shitty story um there's something too much about that we are built in the image of um some type of a a prototype uh, some type of a You know again if the geometry exists within us if the math exists within us if the shapes exist then why would it be only us
0: but could we be the ones that are just making up the shapes to fit everything well and that's how we understand things does it does it have to mean that those shapes exist beforehand
1: yeah yeah unfortunately we don't get off on the shapes um Well, that sounded weird because I actually get off on shapes, but what I meant is (laughs) we don't get off easy with that one. Uh, Geometry isn't our perception of the world. Geometry isn't our interpretation. Geometry is real. Uh, Geometry is the only um, actual real thing. I mean, aside from chemistry and physics, geometry the world over, go to a different planet, you're still going to have the same geometry, right? It is what it is. That's why it's so significant. That's why it's so meaningful. And, uh, and, and people, I was actually thinking about the, uh, thinking about the Tibetans earlier today and their mandalas, you know, um, there's so many different ways that people throughout history kind of virtue signaled themselves where they wanted the world to know what they're up to partially to gather, to gain adherence and partially just to have the respect of their peers. One of the things that they did would then be is they'd share imagery with each other that each other could understand and would symbolize. This is where we're at type of thing. And geometry is by far and large, the thing that unifies everybody, right? Um, by far. So I posted today uh on Facebook a, a gif of the flower of life being drawn by the geometry that creates the flower of life, um, from a twenty-sided.
0: Is that is that the one that's like a bunch of circles in the, like a diamond uh, shape?
1: No, I believe that's a seed of life. This is the one with like a um doop 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 doop, like twelve petals. Um look basically looks like a daffodil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's a ubiquitous symbol, but it's produced by the mathematics. That's in 20 sided, 20 sided, uh, crystalline shape. The, the shapes and the patterns of the, the images produced, um, things like that symbol, you'll find that symbols reproduced by cultures the world over. Um, Or things like the seed of life where it's literally those, it's the six, six petal flower, essentially, which can be then drawn as like the circles with the concentric circles, or it can be drawn as, uh, however numerous different ways, but it's the same thing. It's people trying to show each other, Hey, listen, we're really into geometry and used to be something that was super popular. Nowadays obviously nobody really gives a shit, but uh two thousand, three thousand, six thousand years ago, if you represented um using geometry as as some f- insignia, it was literally to say, Hey, listen, I know about this stuff. I'm I'm wise on it and I'm looking into it, you know.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's well, complicated. Well now if you look on instagram there's a whole bunch of people with those designs (laughs) tattooed on them and they have no idea why
1: (laughs) yeah 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 well it's like the enneagram i had a guy that i worked with do you know what the enneagram is it's a nine it's a nine pointed star and it was popularized by uh george ivanovich Gurdjieff. and these days it's considered like a personality thing you know so you've got like the nine different personality types personality <laughs> archetypes and you know you can roll a die and see if the i don't know the fucking like the astronomy people have taken it over oh, but boy. uh but it's a it's actually a, a a really interesting symbol and uh there's an also an enneagram in uh in the 32-sided uh Crystal facet. There's Enneagrams really. I guess in a and a whole and a whole ton of them, but I don't even remember what my point was to ask. Hey. Religions and geometry. Yeah. You know, Egyptians were fascinated with it. Greeks were fascinated, way more fascinated with it than we are. You know, nowadays you're a dork if you're interested in geometry. But at any point in, the, in history, you would have probably been plucked out by super smart rich people and funded because you understand things that most people just simply do not get. And intuitively, people can see the relativism between uh, geometry and everything from anatomy to um, astronomy, chemistry, obviously you know when it comes that's to stuff not, like chemistry it's a little bit more obvious but I, I find it
0: really interesting that like electronic microscopes when they're picking up like super fucking small things that structures look hexagonal like part mm-hmm. of that could be like that's just how the machine interprets it but then no. that's no. how no that's how it looks
1: that's how it looks Yeah. yeah yep yeah, no absolutely the hexagon or the pentag- pentagon—they're the two primary um, facet shapes, right? Pentagon I find to be even more prevalent, but uh, it depends on what you're looking at. If you're looking at specifically just basic natural stuff, then it's going to be hexagon. Water is a hexagon, so and water is the—you know—kind of the main ingredient in a lot of lot of different things it's not just it's not just atoms it's also molecules and it's not just molecules but it's really it's just how things fit together yeah so everything has to bond it has to it has to get stuck together somehow and how things end up fitting because of their um receptor spots their bond spots is in in turn a geometric lattice of some kind There's
0: actually a technology that, I don't know if, how far it's gotten or if they've given up on it, but there has been a, there was an idea, I remember, uh, for drug delivery. Instead of just injecting your bloodstream and it goes all over your whole body, you put it in this little round, well, it looks like a little round robot, but it's got a specific shape so that it sticks to this specific region into the specific whatever chemical chain that it has to, and then once it's there or you think it's there, you go, okay, let it go. <laughs> oh. Yeah.
1: Like little nanobots or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Very basic. They don't have to have
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> a computer or anything. They just have a, a specific shape, so they'll only fit in a specific place. And then mm-hmm. I guess there's like some kind of like, oh, once we're there, it released the, the drug.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some, yeah. Something
0: like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And they're totally robotic, or are they bio biotech, of some kind? Who knows?
0: I don't know if you, I don't know you. I don't know if you'd make it out of some kind of a ceramic or a or a mineral or if biotech
1: seems so much easier. Or really,
0: metal just use mm. a little metal thing.
1: Could yeah, yeah, and then just let let it hope it sorts itself into the spot. With biotech, though, you can cr- create uh, some type of a of um. algorithm no it's uh like a way to infect way to actually get into cells and and do things right inside the cell rather than just because you can connect to a receptor um but the receptor once it's connected that's it that's the game that's the game with receptors something smells like it smells because it connected to a receptor
2: yeah
1: and that's it it doesn't yeah. do anything after that there's no like needle that comes out of proboscis that goes into the thing and if there's a proboscis and there's entering the cell and then it requires some type of uh, agrobacterium or some shit like that right a fungus to infect yeah uh, yeah if it's just shaped that way then you could use damn near anything some yeah. carbon something something but that's crazy pants man that's like nano nano sized shit
0: yeah yeah well first you have to have tools to uh, machine something that small anyway so like the best that i've seen them be able to do is cut real nice tiny thin lines in uh in film like for processors or whatever i don't know anything else that they that they figured out how they can produce on such micro scales
1: Mm -hmm. yeah blast blasting away and blasting away atoms until they've got the shape they want yeah uh, oh, or three D cool. printing it or something. If you can print atoms, I don't know. Mm. Working on that on that level is uh, is really phenomenal because we don't usually work. We usually find materials that their atomic relationships are none of our fucking biz wax. and we don't even have to care about them. We just know that that material acts like this, melts at this temperature, g- sticks to this stuff. As far as like the arrangement of atoms that is not something that we deal with uh, normally with we materials <laughs> i guess yeah because they isn't, we do but there's got to be limits to it right
0: isn't isn't that what they're gonna because I, I part of the future that i see the the, the, the future that has uh cybernetics and whatever. Uh I think one of the things is how do you transfer consciousness completely from one body to another? You're gonna have to find a way of finding it as a as a just pure energy. It would have to be some kind of thing because like it would have to inhabit a, something that gets excited by that energy. but can that be a thing? Can you can you, Distill everything that was material to just
1: a wave. <laughs> yeah, or like practically, right? Like some mathematician could be like, "Yeah, I can figure out the math for that." That doesn't matter. But we're yeah. talking about we're talking about reality and, and practicality. Yeah, and can you how, do that? how?
0: Yeah, how are you going to do that with like a machine? Because you're going to need a material gateway from, right. from 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 physical to.
1: Before we can do that, we we can make we can make broccoli, right? So we're at the stage right now where the our understanding of vitamins may or may not be accurate. Right. Understanding our understanding of biochemistry, hundred percent not accurate. Hundred <laughs> percent. Our yeah. understanding of our ability to detect the different chemicals that are present in a broccoli like all of them and very accurately and whether or not they're left handed or right handed or ISO or metric or whatever, not at all very good. Because we'd have to we have to we have to almost know something's there before we can look for it. Before you can create a test or an assay to detect something in a in a in a gas chromatography machine, you have to know what the spectrum of that particular thing is in a gas chromatography machine so that when you go put something else through, you can go, Oh, look, it's Silicon or it's, we have to know something before we can even detect it. Right. We really do. So if you were to take a piece of broccoli and you were to get the smartest people in the world who know about broccoli to reproduce broccoli, they would fuck that shit (laughs) up. They would not make fucking (laughs) broccoli. They would miss stuff. They don't even know some stuff is there. That's, and that's the problem with health and nutrition and vitamins in, is if you try to pluck all the good things out of a broccoli and a cabbage and a steak and say, put it in a pill, you're always going to be missing things because there's thousands of biochemicals that are present and at particular um, concentrations where they they might even be be adjuvants to other processes, to other things. or We don't understand. There's a lot of stuff going on. And when you got a pinhole perspective of it, you know, so we'd never be able to reproduce broccoli
0: Yeah,
1: if we wanted to atomically, let alone a fucking person, right? Let alone, can we retain the consciousness of a person? Well, if you can make a piece, if you could take a bunch of atom like air and sludge water and create a piece of broccoli that's literally like legitimately broccoli then we can start talking about whether or not we can you know but until then we're we don't have a fucking chance we're so stupid we are so dumb that we don't even know if fucking saturated fats bad for us you know all it takes is one company with a fucking few hundred million dollars, and we've we can be derailed for ten years on some fake scientific bullshit simply because that company wants us to buy more shit. Like we don't know if fucking sugar's good for us or bad for us. We don't know if eggs or milk or this is all lobbyists now and studies that are paid for by fucking people who want to sell you shit or studies that demonize something that's paid for by for their by the competitors or we don't know. Let alone you know, how do you replicate consciousness? Will it ever be possible? I don't know. I don't think so. You know what I think is possible? I think it's possible is for people to be cloned and then after a person's cloned to convince other people that they have their original personality and as long as the original person's dead, the company's got a very good argument. And that's, that, that's it. That, you clone like, people and kill the original, and now you can make the argument that they're the same person. Uh, you can manipulate the the clone to think that they're the original person, and you can kill the person. And what
0: then, what if the clone uh, has a bunch of the the memories <laughs> of the original person? <laughs> yeah,
1: and that'll take like cyberlink and stuff because you can clone yeah. somebody today, and they're never going to have a memory, right? <laughs> They're not going to have the memories of the original person,
0: and they're going to start off as a baby too. Like you, you don't just clone
1: exactly. Any of course, age
0: you want. Yep. That's, that's the stupidest thing that comes out of know. those fucking movies and stories. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, we clone them. Yeah, but like, yep. did you start? Where'd you start from? <laughs> mm. <laughs> they're a full adult.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course, and and at the same age as the protagonist yeah coincidentally you don't yeah, how you how don't do you, meet the clone when they're 12 you meet them when they're looking like the protagonist looked when they got cloned originally so
0: hold on, so hold on a minute did did you clone these kids at birth what? What? yeah I can't, I can't watch movies <laughs> i'm just trying to pick them apart the entire way through
1: yeah <laughs> clone a person and an adult walks out of the machine good mm-hmm. fucking job that's a miracle yeah. That's I mean that's just a, like a that's more like a molecular reassembly machine. Like well, at that point, on. that's a uh, uh, you know like if you want to make a hamburger or you like, want to make a person. Did
0: you did you ever see uh, the Fly?
2: Oh yeah, fucking love that movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so like, would Jeff Goldblum's character every time he jumped between pods be a clone of himself, or would he be his original self? I can't remember the science that they try to explain it doesn't matter what the science is, Mm -hmm. for for argument's sake for the for the the game that we're playing here if he jumped that meant that he his physical being was turned into a signal of some kind of energy that went from one pod to the next so then we're gonna have to assume that like that's teleportation though or teleporters yeah yeah so everything is the same thing that did go through it essentially except if you go in there with a fly you're gonna mix
1: (laughs) when I was like 14 I started I got into uh, I got into teleporters and and I just trying to figure that out I was really trying to figure that out Uh, the first thing was how do you convert somebody into energy without killing them yeah that was really the thing yeah and then and then the second question was like do you have to Or can you just kill them
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't like you anymore I don't know where I sent you but you're gone
1: No, no no it's that when the next person arises they are essentially a copy of themselves right they really are they'd be a copy of themselves so and then and then the original person would be annihilated
0: yeah, but that's just like waking up the next day. You know like you'd
1: want, you'd want to annihilate the original person. I'm saying, oh like yeah, you, you would because you'd need that data. You'd have to essentially uh, like vaporize them, get a data read from the because you need to Adams. you need to be able to put them back together, and you need to be able to put them back together by some type of an assembly system right so we'll be 3d printing on an atom level atomic level before we ever get anything like teleportation because it really does have to be rebuilt it has to be rebuilt and you have to know what it is you're doing but i don't think the person on the other side's going to be the same person right if you kill the original person nobody ever knows the difference so it's like you know prove that it's not the same person <laughs> you know They're gonna have like major problems. Like, if you were to teleport across space, you'd have to do like learn language, learn who you are, learn how to walk, learn how to you know. You're not gonna come out and be like, "Fuck, that was a clever tip." (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh.
1: no you're you're gonna you're literally gonna be like a big pile of shit mess you're, you're not gonna know anything you're gonna be starting from scratch right you're basically a 3D printed adult oh. but you're not gonna know anything because how could you
0: you're just shitting yourself we're,
1: <clears throat> yeah we're, we're talking about we're talking about things that are too too subtle to transmit you can't you can take identical genetics multiply them millions of times and never, ever, 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 ever have an identical individual from the exact same genetics. You'll never have an identical individual. And it's because it's, it's not really there. We're, our personalities, are not really here. They're not. They're an illusion. You know, hippies want to think that the universe is an illusion and that consciousness is really the thing. I hate to tell you, consciousness is an illusion the people who we call ourselves us are an illusion in our consciousness our whole awareness is just a, again it's a figment of our imagination we don't really exist because you can't hammer us down and we are not the sum of our parts if you were to put us together in a machine it would be a different person yeah you know you'd still like cilantro or dislike cilantro because that's a genetic predisposition you know, that's an allele. So there's some things that you, there's some commonalities that you'd, that you'd share. I'd still have an enormous penis, even if I was a clone, you know? <laughs> but w- would I still be as fucking arrogant? That's the real question.
0: Oh, so we, we might wanna, we might wanna send you to the machine.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, but really, right? Um, yeah it's it's a mistake to think that we'd be the same person yeah you can hit somebody over the head and they become a different person yeah it or doesn't they take learn much a, or they learn
0: a foreign language <laughs> yeah that'd be
1: nice <laughs> oh my god when the cyberlink comes we'll see elon musk talks big shit about that but again i don't think i don't see how it's going to be uh we don't understand, we don't have an association yet between the brain and say information, right? We can't, uh, if if we did, we'd be able to create like, like uh, old style record player versions of it in our brain where we'd be able to etch things into the brain like an analog record and then be able to play them back. We don't have anything like that, so... If you teach somebody calculus, there's no direct, physical, reproducible brain synapses that you can then just feed into somebody else, right? If we if we had that, that would make it doable. But all you can do is uh, all you can do is connect to the to the regions of the brain that we're, that we're aware of. Um, try to interpret like you can learn over time especially with machine learning you could interpret that this uh wavelength is associated with this activity um you know so the simplest way is to like hook somebody up to it and then show them imagery red blue green you know these are all creating these these uh, imprints these wavelengths these signatures And then car and dog and fear and sex and, you know, just whatever, uh, get really personal too. bring in somebody. If you have a subject, show them pictures of their mom, pictures of their spouse, pictures of their children, their dogs, um, whatever, just to be able to get the really interpersonal stuff because there's a whole bunch of that shit. Um, and then. I guess really hope that the the reverse application applies where you can impose the stimuli and get the same response rather than imposing stimuli and getting a different response, which is also super popular or possible. Yeah. You find out what what the response is when somebody thinks about meatloaf. And then when you give them the meatloaf response, you'd be fucking lucky if they think of meatloaf. Right. They might have some meatloaf related experience if you feed them the information, but to feed them the information and them to be like, hmm, I'm thinking about meatloaf. That would be a fucking miracle. And it's just not likely it's more likely that returning the signal to the brain is going to create a different reaction unless it's like some real primitive ass shit like real primitive ass shit where it doesn't matter if the signal comes from you or if it comes from the machine, there's going to be stuff like that, you know, serious survival type stuff where, um, similar to the brain, the brain doesn't know if it's dreaming. could be dream, could be a real life. You as a conscious individual, you can tell. Wait,
0: wait, it, it should know that it's asleep because it, turns your your access to your limbs off so you don't act out your dreams so it it should by the, by my reasoning understand that you're
1: mm-hmm. it's just it's record of the events isn't tainted by the fact that it's a dream so okay. recall of a dream and recall of real life comes from the same memory centers there's not there's no like I remember this but it was fake when the brain recalls it's just recalling Right the brain as a whole, um, yeah, I mean obviously it's you, you, like you are part of your brain and when you're dreaming, you know you're dreaming. yeah, but as far as as far as recall goes, that's why it's the reason why dreams are as tangible as as they are, and it's because our brain experiences them as if they were a real real scenario uh, yeah. and then re- remembers them as if they're a real scenario, right. Sometimes yeah. people can have dreams of things, and that literally starts to fog their memory, where they'll associate the, what has occurred in a dream with real life, because again, to the brain, it's just all—it's just, all just all fucking life. stimuli. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. And yeah. it's all stuff that it's experienced, you know, whether outside or inside. It doesn't know. I mean, it does obviously, but yeah, not in the recall. So. It's like the end the the recordings, the same recording, no matter what. The scribe still picks it up and still writes it down.
2: check yeah. uh,
1: checking here. My notes. Yeah. Rocks to RNA to prokaryotes. These are almost just thoughts, right? How do we how do we look at consciousness? How do we frame it? Answers aren't answers aren't important. When it comes to something like consciousness, we're not gonna find an answer. We gotta find the question. We have to refine our questions so that we're looking at um we're looking at a better picture, right? As far as an answer goes, fucking you know well. What's that?
0: So, like, not like a standard question, like why, like, what's the reason? Because we got to start from the point or the view of there is no reason, it just is. So, where do you go from it just is?
1: Well, reason, reasons, um, like a complicated thing, right? I'd start with, like, how, how, like, what is it and its simplest, and its simplest. Uh, sense and in its more complex sense and what does it do for us um, meaning and valuable our meaning and value and reason those are those are real rabbit holes and yeah. uh, probably best asked last <laughs> just because then if you can discover how something develops like it's like much like ideas if you look at an idea like whether it's um, the soul or god or spirit or extraterrestrials or anything like this you literally have uh, an origin there's an origin to each of these ideas ideas much like technology were spawned at a certain time and then passed around very few technologies arose independently all over the planet It is a result of somebody developing something and then other people seeing it and getting exposed to it and learning it. Right. And same with ideas. So you could really find the root of the idea. um, Quite often either the idea is either not that, not that good meaningfully or its meaning is very specific to the people at the time. And when you look at meaning over time, you can see how meaning changes depending on the people that that create that meaning or that interpret it to, to the point where we can almost eliminate it. Like yeah. we can eliminate meaning and reason and like, but why? Well, why is great when you're high, but 300 cultures have 300 answers for why. But what is it cultures have similar answers and you know over time we might actually be able to refine an answer to what what is it what's involved um you know what's going on why is probably like at this point it's like i don't know evolutionary reasons or something you know religious reasons, scientific reasons, pick your reason and run with it. But let's figure out what we're talking about first. Right. With consciousness, uh, funny enough, man, it's, uh, it's still open for discussion. Funny enough, you'd think it'd be something that we hammered out a long time ago since it's uh, such a rudimentary thing. Um, you know, neurology has done a great job. Brain science and stuff has done a great job. I think, psychology and shit like that has done a fucking horrible job. Uh, Psychologists should be embarrassed of their field because it's a joke. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, the people who should be understanding the mind are like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you want to fuck your mom because of, you know, and you're like, geez, just put back, put down your medieval goddamn fucking bullshit and, and tell us how the mind works and why, why i'm conscious and a rock isn't what is it how does it develop what's the history of it you know it's like evolutionary biologists are a little bit more uh on top of it than than psychologists because they have to be yeah you know they have to see why this is this was useful at the time whereas uh psychologists just to get to read about archetypes and Bullshit themselves and fucking hate psychology. Can you tell? Yeah, it's, got, it's
0: coming through that and clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, especially too. Whenever I meet somebody and they're like, "Fucking just the twisted fuck," they're psychology major. I want to become a psycho. I'm like, yeah, I know you. Should, you're really trying to understand what's going on in there, and I can appreciate it. I would want to too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hopefully th- you don't
1: help the other people, but...
0: Yeah, I feel like it's more about understanding how to manipulate the brain. Because, you know, it's all an illusion, and illusions can get pretty scary for some people.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So part of, part of psychology is definitely being able to manipulate the, the patient or the whatever into... Uh, <laughs> getting rid of those uh, um, illusions
1: yeah it's really um, that's one of the criticisms I have of medicine in general is that medicine in general likes to look at symptoms and then address symptoms and I can appreciate it like you gotta you're in pain or you you know you have a problem and that problem itself is is the thing that we need to look at and then boom solve the problem there's very little. Like, why is that occurring? Like, what's the, or, what's the source of that? It, because it, finding out the source of it is a rabbit hole that they know that they're not necessarily going to be able to do. Whereas they can address the symptoms. What, you're in pain, you've got anxiety, you've got something. Here's a pharmaceutical for it. Boom, once the symptom's addressed, then the person is no longer suffering. That seems like a win. But whatever's actually causing That person to suffer in the beginning is not necessarily going to be addressed by addressing the symptom right so why are you in pain what's causing the pain what's um, and then in psychology the same sort of thing happens where you've got a doctor who doesn't understand the problem because the problem is too complicated and like they're deficient in data as it stands anyway where you know that that person's going to feel as if they were helped if you can simply solve the symptomatic suffering right so they're depressed because of who knows it could be fucking history it could be trauma it could be um self-esteem it could be but you know that at the end of the day you're probably not going to find the reason why they're depressed But if you give them particular methods of therapy, then those particular methods of therapy have shown to, to be successful, to have some efficiency when a person is showing these signs of depression, you know, and like whatever be damned as far as the source. Uh, once, once the symptoms are, are gone, then you've you've at least reached some kind of equilibrium. You might just be pushing against the source using a chemical or something like that to, you know, antidepressant, depressive chemical or something. Yeah. Rather, rather than finding the source and fixing it if <laughs> fixable, right? Cuz it's not always fixable, but Yeah. In some instances it might be. But Yeah. Nope, throw drugs at it and fucking call it good. Yeah, it's just bridging a fucking
0: Bridging a gap.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, um brain chemistry and consciousness are so frigging intertwined. Um ninety ninety nine point nine nine percent of our consciousness is just simply brain chemistry, if not a hundred percent, right? And that's the thing is figuring out that uh that 0.01%, like I was talking about in episode two, uh, the main difference between humans and rocks that I can tell is volition. The ability to make a decision for yourself or for somebody else, but for yourself. Um, And interestingly, when you look closer 99.99% of all decisions we make for ourselves are actually autonomic. Yeah. So they're not decisions that we're making because of some type of uh, actual like spiritual center deciding things for itself. We're making decisions based off of reactivities and conditionings and, and learning that we've had over the years you know I mean we're essentially like machine learning organisms who start learning who start learning the moment that we're exposed to things and we create what we call intuition which is things we've learned that we can't quite explain very well but we still understand and then we've got our knowledge and our very specific information things that we really know quite a lot about but Every decision that we make, for the most part, is a result of either what we've learned from our parents, what we've learned from our environment, what we've learned from our culture, what we've learned from almost nothing is like real decision-making or real willpower. And the things that are, the chemistry, should I keep hitting this, the chemistry still involved, right? But the difference is is that in one case, the chemistry creates the experience. And in the other case, the experience creates the chemistry. And that's actually a bold statement. Like scientifically, I don't think that that's true. Um, I don't think that there's any evidence that there is a part of our consciousness that is volatile enough to influence our brain chemistry in that sort of order. I would guess that as far as the official statement was concerned, the brain influences our experience. Chemistry influences experience, right? But I do think that there are these very small points in time when we as human beings have the ability to create our own destiny, to change our mind, to see our autonomic path, to see what our reaction would be, if we just let things go and to change that reaction into something that we choose it to be, breaking uh, a mathematical probabilism, breaking that probabilism and injecting a new outcome that is otherwise imperceivable to the entire universe. The entire universe only perceives of one outcome and that's the probable one. And then we have the ability to throw a wrench into it by using volition, right? But we'd be the, we'd, us and animals, higher animals would be the only things in the entire universe even capable of doing that. Stars aren't, planets aren't. They orbit because they have to. Everything everything happens because it's just, it was started. The ball starts rolling and then everything that happens after that is just a result of cause and effect from the ball rolling, and then you get way down in the universe and there's these fatty bags of water who appear to be able to control whether or not the probability of the universe as it was given is going to remain that probability or if it's going to change. Right? As far as I'm aware, we are the only people who can do it in this otherwise entirely dead universe. But But
0: what if there's like a a massive mass extinction that just wipes out all human beings, then earth's got to pump out (laughs) something in another few hundred billion years.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, that's just it. And that's like time, right? It's almost like time moves slower when there's people there to observe it. Yeah. Right. So if all the higher animals got wiped out, there would be no observation. There's an uh, there's an ability to wipe out living things to the point where there's nothing in the universe observing it anymore. Right? And at that point, time is just like whoop. I mean, atomics still have to play, but time is a relationship of the observer time as it exists to people who observe it which is really you know which is really what time is (laughs) time's relevant to somebody being there to appreciate it or not uh once if everything goes away then it's like literally the universe would be running at 25 times until the next observer pops up and then it gets to slow down again because what's the point right you might as well just fast forward that shit because there's It's just like it would be almost like sitting by yourself for a while. Then somebody else walks in the room and you're like, oh, okay," You know, I mean, really. Yep. No stars. uh, Stars just do not uh, give a shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Stop praying to Helios.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Does not give a single fuck about you
1: no 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 i mean anything worth praying to wouldn't give a single fuck about you That's the like only pray. thing that, the only thing is the uh is the donut is the the fact that we're a taurus we're an ouroboros and you know prayers are useful prayer is helpful yeah. I, th- I think i think it's helpful like i think uh um baking soda is good for cleaning and and vinegar is good for cleaning you know it's not the best thing necessarily but i think it's good for it you know yeah what were you talking about (laughs) marijuana
0: oh yes The
1: (laughs) the effects of marijuana on our on our memory I don't know. I have a
0: pretty good memory that fucking that dream I had the other night. I still remember it pretty good.
1: Hmm. That's pretty dope. I remember everything beyond 5 minutes ago. <laughs> it's just within the last 5 minutes it really fucks me up. Somebody'll be like, "So what'd you do yesterday?" What did I do yesterday? Yesterday's is yesterday even a thing? Yesterday's weird. I don't know. I did yesterday, something. Yeah. Yeah, did something yeah but uh yeah if I want to go back two years I've probably got a photographic fucking memory Man, nah. allegory man what were we talking about Uh, something that was analogous I just read my book here baptism in spirit mm. this is one of my notes for consciousness okay baptism in spirit and I All like right. the idea it's a fun idea and even more than the idea I like the idea that people think it's so important that at some point they created a ritual where they baptize people in water in order to teach you the allegory so that you'll be able to understand when you become baptized in spirit. Right. Mm. Yet, if you talk to people who were quote unquote baptized in spirit, I think that there's a lot more confusion as to when that event occurs or what the phrase actually means or whether or not it's really there or, you know,
0: so we're talking about spirit now.
1: Well, consciousness and spirit are kind of, uh, it's an unfortunate byproduct of uh, consciousness or of spirit. Sorry. I like, Whatever I like you want to, to
0: call it. I like to think of spirit as your personal signature to your consciousness to yourself and to what you put out into the world like whether or not there's a i'm not talking about that spirit that's supposed to be whatever your conscious ascends to if there's a heaven or whatever i'm just talking about like when you record it, you know an instrument on your daw and you see the waveform you can have someone play the exact same thing note for note whatever everything but their wave sign is going to be slightly different Mm-hmm. Right? There's gonna be slightly micro f- things that they do with their fingers that just changes it that ever so slightly that you would need a, a little measuring device to see it because you might not necessarily hear it in your ear. Hmm. So that's that's what I kind of like to think of is spirit. Everyone has it's your signature. It's 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 the, it's, the, like it's, the it's it's the honest you. It's it's you underneath the persona.
1: Mm-hmm. It's the shit you can't fake yeah and it's almost like uh like i like the example that you gave of the guitar because it is the um deduction of normalization right so if you look at uh the recipe the recipes are identical and you pull the things out of the recipes then any variations any variations from like the technical norm or the um I mean, that's really it. Get somebody to two people to play the same thing and then look at what they did in terms of a differential to what would, to what, you know, give them a computer waveform of that song and then get them to replicate it. Now you can literally minus that from each other and what you're left with, what they gave you once you minus the original is, is what they've, what they are right it's almost like we're all it's like a cookie cutter idea that personalities or spirit is a cookie cutter you know you know we usually use that term when we're talking about like houses that are row houses or something that are cookie cutter houses and it really is a cookie cutter in the sense that we all got one and it's all but whether you're a candy cane or a fucking gingerbread man or a Christmas tree those are those are definitely different and uh yeah you can still make a cookie i can make a cookie you can make a cookie it's a fucking cookie it's still got flour and water and egg but uh yeah no i i hear i hear that one in fact because i think as a musician and having heard two people play the same shit fucking numerous times having (laughs) having real world examples of it and then two i've played stuff before that Somebody said, is that one of yours? And I said, yeah, yeah, it is. Why? And they're like, because you play it like it is. And I was like, whoa. Mm. And I didn't really look at that before. But when you look at Jimmy Hendrix or you look at Steve Vai or you look at uh, um, really anybody, uh, Dime Big Daryl, people are... Uh, uniquely sloppy. They're uniquely off time. They're uniquely bending low or bending high, um, and it and it really is, and it really is that. And if you play somebody else's song, you are trying to play it. You are trying to like replicate these notes and replicate the, and you are trying to you are trying to f- fill in for what they did so much that you're not you're not just doing it and letting it just kind of slop out and slide out uh and so people who play their own music tend to be off time better they tend to be sloppy better it's almost a signature when you know it so well that it's not about hitting it on it it's about hitting it off it right the right way you yeah. know really absolutely yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, and I, I and that was one of the reasons why I realized young, the two that I couldn't play cover tunes is because I wasn't really, I wasn't that good. I'm not very good, right? I'm not a I'm not a very good musician. A very good musician can they don't they don't care what they're playing, you know. They just they play. Can, yeah. They can play and they can replicate and if you show them something, they can be like, oh, yeah. And they can replicate the the, the the spirit of it better. Whereas all I can do is I can pull out something original and I can represent it like me. But it, it, but that's it, right? Like if I try to like pull out a Jimmy or something like that, you can definitely tell like straight up, right out of the box, that is not Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. And this guy's not even fucking close to Jimi Hendrix, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's it. But cover musicians are judged on their ability to perform a song at least as well as the original band, even if they're injecting their own personality into it. But if, if you know that you're not going to, then stick to your own music because nobody does your own music as good as you do. Yeah. Even if it's just the fact that nobody else does it. So you don't that's
0: have... Your ri- Unless you're a really shit musician and then some 20-year-old kid's like, oh, I I rewrote your song, like, easy. is what you should have done, idiot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: And that's, as far as the music goes, that's going to happen anyway, right? Like, I've recorded stuff. I've I've got so many musician friends. And I've recorded a song and shown a buddy and him being like, hey, did you want me to, like, write a, a line, you know, for that? In the instrument that they play. And that's their polite way of saying that the, the, like that is actually really shitty. If you want some help, I'm I'm happy to step in. I can see where you're going and I think I could improve on it. Okay. Cuz I'm not a I'm not an instrumentalist. I'm a songwriter. So if I put out my own music, the chances like the chances that a guitarist is going to be able to put out a better guitar track is 100%. Chance that the bassist is going to be able to put out a better bass track, 100%, right? I'm not a musician. This is not what I do. I, I was a songwriter and I was song creator. And once I record the shit, it's like the simplest shit required to transmit the data. You know, the lowest common denominator musician is what I am. You know, <laughs> I put out like the the formula alone. There's no no there's, no there's no fancy permutations of that formula. It is like the a over b, and uh, yeah. But what do you do, right? It's yeah. What songwriting is what songwriters do for the most part. I think if you're really really good at an instrument, you probably have a more difficult time writing a song, because a song is less about the influence of a particular instrument on the song, and it's more about uh, the whole being it'd be like in an, uh, uh, somebody who is a heart surgeon specifically trying to create a whole body you know they'd so be so focused on the heart and this is actually it, interestingly enough with mixing I can tell in an amateur system who mixed a song literally right so then the guitarist will be like yeah I mixed this track and I'll be like oh, I can totally tell yeah (laughs) funny (laughs) you mention it because i can tell yeah (laughs) yeah yeah or if the lead singer is also the bassist yeah yep yeah i could tell i could tell yeah yeah quite often (laughs) guitarists do the mixing and it's like so you're a guitar band okay yeah i get it yeah yeah i I definitely can hear what the guitars are doing in the song yeah not too sure what the bass is doing back there but the, the guitars clear (laughs) <laughs> Clear as day. Yeah, you know, probably turn them yeah. down, but yeah, you know, it's really it. You can tell who makes the track based on who's in the forefront. Yeah, right for sure. What do you do? Yeah. Get somebody else to mix your tracks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like and getting somebody ho- else to edit your you edit your shit, right? Like, and, ho- and hopefully it's a
0: smart guy. That's like when they say, "Hey, change this," you go, "Yep," and then just send them the same track
1: back. <laughs> yeah does that work
0: yeah oh yeah thanks dude yeah Yeah, yeah. that's right
1: yeah yeah it's very subtle very subtle minor changes were made but yeah no notes were addressed yeah yeah Yeah. no it's probably much like visual effects in that sense yeah isn't that blue a little bit supposed to be redder oh yeah here just one sec (laughs) what do you think (laughs) yeah no Man, that was fun working in uh, uh, visual effects for that because even in the internals, the artists would do that. So the, the the supervisors like, this is this needs to be less something or more blah blah blah, and then the artist would be like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, and he'll bring over his lead artist and say, What is he talking about? He's like, uh this is just you know a bunch of just re-render it and send it back with a new version and send it back I'd look I'd be like there's no fucking difference you can fucking tell right but whatever again boss is placated moving on
0: next yeah
1: next next let's go be conscious people outside of work instead yeah um There's so much to do with consciousness, man, that, um, I just, I feel like it's going to be an infinite amount of circling around for all of humanity in order to try to figure out what it is we're working with. Um, you know, terms, realms, there's so much on the fucking discussion at this point, you know? Um,
0: No, it's way, it's way a ways from our time.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I mean, because I mean, at this point, it's like, well, what about the multi dimensionality? Well, like, what about it? Like, maybe nothing, maybe something, maybe fucking, you know,
0: what can you do with it? <laughs> it, it doesn't really help anything.
1: Yeah no but as long as you don't know anything then anything's possible and that's one of the problems um that's why i like to go from the ground up how is how are we conscious from the fetus level okay well i can see the development in the fetus i can see then we're popped out and then as we pop out as we're popped out there's this path of of becoming more aware of the body and becoming aware of the parents and becoming you know it might be simple on one level, but this is again to kind of mix in spirituality. This is the path of maturity maturation, right? It's the path of the mind, um, discovering itself, becoming an ego. And then what the mind has to, what path it has to take to be able to grow beyond being a selfish, fuck you know learn to be empathic towards other people and start looking outside of the self and start looking into community efforts and start to build stuff that'll last after its lifetime you know um there's intelligence and there's maturity and they're two totally different things that are constantly i think confused together and really it's maturity that we need to be looking at. Cause I don't think you have to be super intelligent to be mature and, right. and to be able to grow and to be able to like, say understand your familial consciousness as a child and then discovering that you're an individual and then discovering that you need to fight for yourself and that you're competing with everybody else in this world for these goals And then getting to the point where you realize that you're not competing with these fucking people for the goals because there's, you know, you have to get through this, this competitive stage. And then once you're through that, you're finally uh, really, you're like a mature adult. We hit that spot. Men for men, it's like 25 for women. It's younger, but a lot of people don't get there a lot of personality problems and a lot of communication problems that we have with people are simply that they have not matured. They don't realize that this isn't a state of competition between adults constantly. We're not, you know, we're not here to size each other up and see who wins. We, we all lose. Welcome to the story. Everybody's a loser. Everybody's a loser in this fucking game. 100%. And realizing that you don't need to steal the food from another person's hand in order to eat is just part of the part of the process, you know, and we're not that far in to that sort of luxury where, you know, like right now we're in a Renaissance where we don't have to struggle to survive. We, I mean our civilization, because if you go to other continents, There's going to be dirt under people's nails from digging out grubs so that they don't starve to death. Um, Here, we're pretty fucking lucky. But it's a renaissance, right? We get to be dreamers and hippies and philosophers. And, um, you know, we don't have to really struggle to survive. But we come from the struggle, and we're going to return to the struggle. It's, uh, you know, how are we going to navigate it along the way? and consciousness empathizes with consciousness. That's one, that's one thing about it is that consciousness is empathic. Once it gets to the point where it accepts its own suffering, misery and demise, then it realizes that everybody else is in that boat. Right. And it can go, Oh fuck. Um, and then enter cooperation stage left uncooperative people just simply don't realize they have not matured they're they're constantly fighting they think it's about them they think the goal in their life is to be something that everybody else aspires to be to be like on top of a pyramid because life's a pyramid and the goal is to find the top of it. If life's a pyramid and the goal is to find on top of it, then you're a third fucking dimensional person and you need to find that extra one. That's going to make you empathic. It's going to make you feel things. It's going to make you realize that we all lose. And the best thing that we can do is to fucking lose less painfully and with as much dignity as possible, you know, which means cooperation, figuring this out. It's the same difference between whether or not somebody hears something and they think that you're being critical or they realize that you're trying to give them an advantage that you didn't have by warning them. Yeah. Are you judging somebody or are you trying to give them a heads up? Well, the perspective is maturity. Whether or not you are a chimpanzee or you're a fucking human really right cuz the chimpanzee will just fight they'll just fight and fight and fight and fight and everybody's a competition everybody's competition they'll fucking eat babies to make sure that their own prodigy survive they'll you know that's why they i that's why they philosophize anyway why they f- have multiple mates so lots of primates will literally kill children so that their own children have a better success i mean it's fucked up right it's just absolutely egoic and 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 there's no perception outside of the success of the individual self me my success if my success comes at the cost of suffering and death of multiple other people that's just the cost of doing business with me you know and that's a fucked up way of conducting yourself but that's where we came from that's our history well it's still playing out today (laughs) absolutely all over the place (laughs) all over the place and it's and it creates and it creates what we think of as like sociopathies and pathologies and you know people seem like maybe maybe there's bad people and good people in the world well no there's not there's just people we're all on the same fucking boat there's just people there's something called a person and we're all it and uh we are either twelve-year-old boys or we're uh, thirty-five-year-old women. You know, in our heads, twelve-year-old boys are absolute sociopaths. They will harm others gladly just to make a point. Let alone for an actual survival benefit. Uh, you know, and they're they're selfish little cunts is really the bottom line. <laughs> I was a twelve-year-old. I was a twelve-year-old boy. Yeah. Uh, the perspective is horrible. The perspective of looking at life as a, just a gigantic um, uh, uh, gladiator arena where you e- e- either kill or you be killed. That's the perspective. right? Yeah. You go through school. You're either smart or you're fucking dumb. You're either the, the, the guy who c- nobody wants to fuck with or you're a pussy. Right? It's all just a gigantic competition. And consciousness wants to grow. It wants to evolve. And it inevitably does, just a matter of how long it takes. You know. Whether you're 25 or whether you're 65, it's going to happen. Everybody seems to come to uh, you know, reasonable levels of mature, maturation. Eventually, it would just be nicer if we uh, were a little bit more on time. And one of the oh, the cat's coughing up a hairball.
0: Kitty. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's get the hairball on fucking camera, man. No, oh no! Jesus, that was loud. Probably sorry. No, no. Um, no, and you know, other cultures they had uh, symbolic gestures for maturation like J- judaism and the bar mitzvah or whatever you know here you've got a coming coming of age and um some symbolic rites for it um some like veil removal of this is the story we tell you when you're a child now this is the story we tell you when you're an adult um are, no, most of us are normal people you're not jewish are you Nah. Okay, then you're in my boat. We don't have stuff like this. We just become, you know, th- we're thirty five one day and we realize we're still children and we gotta fucking deal with it. Yeah. You know, there's nothing there's no there's no symbolic, which is where the baptism comes in. Baptism in water and then baptism in spirit. Somebody figured out at some point that Symbolic ceremonial gestures to represent things um, are beneficial, at least to for us to maybe identify that they even exist. You know, do people even realize that they're um, cognitively um, underdeveloped? Do people realize that they're underdeveloped today? no because no. They,
0: no because of the competition thing that's that's what keeps the the masses from actually being able to evolve the consciousness into like the memes say into like the global mind or whatever cuz it's it's not supposed to represent one person it's supposed to represent all of consciousness right mm-hmm. and uh yeah the i have one friend who's like super fucking ignorant but the most generous loving person at the same time it's so it's a mind fuck Hmm. and but like the main thing i see in him that keeps him ignorant is because it's his like fight it's his uh it's his competition he has to stay you know mean and and defensive and hyper vigilant because if he if he if he lets it slip, then someone's gonna come and you know Absolutely. take it from him, or he's not gonna, or he's not gonna, you're, he's gonna be the one. I don't think he thinks about it that metaphorically, but he will be the one that takes it from himself, from you know mm-hmm. becoming too soft. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's the other thing too. It's like how you how you identify yourself is if you're a nice person, you're too soft.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: can't you can't be a soft person? It's too dangerous out there.
1: Well, because you're going to be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it sounds like he's very defensive, and uh, uh, yeah. probably f- from experience, yeah. trauma, oh, yeah. past oh, yeah. trauma that puts up walls and t- teaches us how to be uh, super defensive. Yeah. And I can and I can fully relate because even uh, no matter how f- much I grow, I still suffer from cycles of uh, perceptual. Um, de-evolution you know uh, i mean like i've fucking tripped balls on mountains for days have meditated for fucking days of like talked to golden fucking gods right i've been to some pretty trippy places but no matter how high i ever got or how you know not metaphorically high because i just wasn't always on drugs but no matter where i went or how i thought i evolved i'm still subject to the same cycles of uh, perceptual Degeneration, I guess and it's not because it's not because um, It's in- unattainable M- Maturity is not attainable. It's because the actual point of being alive isn't to get to point B and Then hang out there. <laughs> really. That's it. It's it is To go back from a to B to a to B to a to B to C to G to it's to explore an experience and it's like, you know, we try to, we try to see things better. We try to get clear to see things better, but in the end, the actual adventure isn't to be clear. The actual adventure is to then lose our vision and then regain our vision and then lose our vision and regain our vision and really milk the experience. And every time we circle back around it, it starts to become a little bit different. It starts to be a broader version of perspectives or it starts to be, you know, it's like being happy. I don't think the, I don't think the goal of life is to be happy. I think the people who think the goal of life is to be happy are really sad people. They're people that are really sad and that they have to counteract that sadness by trying to be happy. So they think that you should just be happy, just be happy. I don't think life's about being happy life's really not happy a lot of the time in <laughs> fact and, you know yeah like it's about it's about living it's about living it honestly yeah. and and, under, and admitting to yourself that it's not happy um, life's not positive life's a huge ass fucking struggle and i think at the end of the day that's all obvious all right uh, at the end of everybody's life we're all gonna look back and see the same thing and be like yep yeah, Um, what it comes down to is what do you have to tell yourself in the meantime and what you have to tell yourself is almost like the uh, imprint of the state that you're in what you need to tell yourself is a result of who you are at the time and if you have to tell yourself that life's great and everybody's great and you are, you know it's because it's not it's actually the inverse of that you're compensating for it people who strive to be happy are miserable and I don't think anybody should ever strive to be happy. I don't think anybody should strive to be positive or happy or good or any of these fucking things, because ultimately it's a, um, it doesn't serve you at all. The only thing that serves you is to say, what is it that I'm looking for? Because that's what I, that's what I'm short of right now. You know, you, you want eggs well what is it is it the calcium or the sulfur you don't want eggs because the goal of life is to fucking eat eggs that's stupid the goal of life is just to live and if you need calcium or vinegar or fucking you know whatever you're gonna pick the food that's got it people strive towards happiness and and uh, peace if they're tormented I appreciate it I get it If you're not tormented, then it would be an absurd ambition because life's just simply not like that. Life's like you you fucking lose your parents, you lose your friends, you lose this, you lose that, you lose your fucking limbs, you, you know, or your mobility, or your opportunities, or your dreams. Let's be real, right? You fucking walk around with a visor, with a blinder on saying life's great, it's all good, man. You just. In denial and it's obvious yeah. yeah it's obvious no we've got 30 minutes left holy fucking shit Does that feel like a long time did not for me no it didn't at all man like honestly to God it's I'm surprised I've got three hours and 17 minutes on my on my uh, recording excellent yeah
0: at least five or 10 of those were like
1: pee break. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I don't even know if I, uh, <sighs> I don't know what, I don't know what the conversation of consciousness is, man. Cause when I think about it in my own head, it seems pretty, it seems pretty simple. Like we've got chemistry that arises, that leads to these particular feedback loops. Um, and whenever I talk about consciousness, the term feedback loop will come up because that is, to me, what consciousness is. is a series of feedback loops where you're just simply getting, it's just like a microphone.
0: Yeah, it's call and repeat. It's cause and effect. It's, uh...
1: Yeah, well, it's not just cause and effect. It's cause, effect, cause. Okay. Right? So cause and effect would just be a simple thing. The feedback is that the effect is a new cause. Right, so that you output to the world but if there was no feedback loop you'd never remember it it would be impulsive and then it would be done impulsive and done impulsive and done what we have is we have a way to record what we've done so we remember those impulses it's impulsive and done with the memory of it Mm. so the next time that comes up The impulse can be repeated it's a lot less energy it's a it's a it's a lot less resource intensive if most of our reactions are just programmed are just conditioned yeah and that's that's what they are we're we're a series of conditioned autonomic responses to things and uh and then to be able to I mean meagerly highlight it's one of those things that if you were if you were to be able to experience a moment of volition in your own life I don't think the average human will experience very many of them um, if any but if you do experience that moment of volition um, I don't know it's like just it'll be a passing moment and significantly in the universe it's like a home run hit as far as development or as far as like, you know, what actually is to be able to change the structural probabilism of the way the balls rolling is unprecedented. But for whatever reason, we just don't, we don't, uh, we don't have any reason at this point, I suppose in human evolution to really consider it that deeply. And, uh, even in the roles of psychology and, and in philosophy, it's being dealt with by specific specialists and nobody else even knows. Right? Whenever I get into, um, academic philosophy, which is not something I do very often cause I find it horrible. Um, I am actually surprised at how very good very well and thorough and there's every good attempt being made to um explore the human mind the human psyche the human condition right with the tools we have but it's it's really bad tools where it's like basically we've got like obsidian stone tools uh and we're trying to do things that really do require um torque wrenches and and welders and, and precision stuff Right, but what do you do? One step at a time, I guess. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to be happy with any single discussion of consciousness, whether it's long form or short form. This has been a good one, but yeah. ultimately, there's so fucking much. You know, um, my notes. I think I think we talked around my notes quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah
0: yeah what are you you gonna do what are you gonna find
1: (laughs) i don't know but the i think my mo is to catch people up at this point i think that's maybe like maybe a documentary or something because catching people up to where we're at as far as how we understand how consciousness works and you know i think at that point then people then can move forward and uh and be able to at least hammer things out on the same level without without the constant time that's wasted in in nonsensical fucking pseudo-religious pseudo-scientific you know hogwash really
0: yeah we we need to abolish religion Ah!
1: (laughs) yeah right no but if everybody has to start from the same square and move forward Then we all get to the same spot and drop it. And the next people in line start from where we started and end up where we ended and there's no progress. At some point we need to, we need to have it to the the people who at the end of their philosophical understanding where they've maximized everything that they can understand, they need to pass those on to the next generation who can then take it from there and then expand it out. Because starting from this way back point, and you know, like where I've gotten in life, other people could get to life, no problem. But this is where we get. This is where it ends. And and unless that information's shared or communicated or passed on, then everybody else is just starting from fucking Descartes and Plato and Aristotle and making their way to 2021 as well, or 2030 or whatever it is at that point, right? There doesn't seem to be any generational advance. Um, And I think psychology and, um, you know, religion is a really good example. Religion might be the better example because look how fucking slowly it's progressed. In fact, it's in stasis. Like, nobody wants to touch it. The only new religions in the world have been absolute crumbly pants poo Like sci- Scientology that can fuck itself or even Baha'i that's like mm, yeah no you know it's it's stunted. We have reached a point where we have maximized ourselves and now we're just on to better things. manga, robots yeah, cooler shit right yeah hell yeah. It's, yeah so I
0: mean, and I want to I I fucking see a mech warrior before I die.
1: that'd be cool I would like to see the first admitted genetically modified person there's a who's the fucking guy who just had to apologize John Cena to China yeah he just had to apologize for China to China for uh, saying that Taiwan exists
0: or was a country or something I can't remember but yeah
1: yeah he said as a country they're they're something 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 Yeah, right but you're not allowed to say Taiwan's a country to China because they're fucking complete idiots right yeah yeah Taiwan is a country Hong Kong is a country Palestine's a country y'all can fuck yourselves um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I was thinking about it and it was actually they were talking about it in Joe Rogan and I was like fuck you know I wonder if John Cena is actually the world's first genetically modified person hey <laughs> I was looking back I was looking back because you know China's not gonna tell you they're not gonna tell anybody they're gonna start pu- putting out people from China are literally going to start being genetically modified and we're not going to know when they started when who's got what no idea right because they're not going to tell us so what if John Cena is in fact the first public person who's who's had his fighting skills enhanced who maybe he, he's got pain reduction or pain <laughs> recognition reduction maybe he's got thicker bone density because you can modify thicker bone density yeah. is John Cena the right guy am I saying the right thing. Is he the MMA guy?
0: Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a WWE guy.
1: Okay. Yeah, because this guy I'm thinking of is like an MMA super yeah, fight, he's, he's, a, he's a
0: rest, wrestler. I don't okay. think he actually fight, fights.
1: Oh, what really? Oh, okay, figured. then that would be a bad example. But that's yeah. just it, is that we're going to eventually see people start arising that have uh, benefits that have been derived from genetic modification. I hope so. Well, guaranteed. <laughs> if we can live until 2050... We will definitely see clone army. Definitely, like there's clone armies being built, and I'm talking five, ten, fifteen, twenty million people. Clone armies being created right fucking now.
0: You think you think that's what we're gonna see? It's I
1: guarantee, you, lot, man. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Than, I'm not hypothesizing here.
0: It's a lot cheaper than. I'm telling Robot you. Army.
1: This is this is rule thirty four. Of genetics is that they're already making the babies that's not like they're now starting to create genetic modification no they've already figured out how to do larger muscle mass larger bone density larger stature less pain recognition they've already figured it all out already and the babies are being born (laughs) now Oh man, in 20 years they have a clone army that's ready to go. I'm not kidding I, you. This really, is fucking real world there. This is real I
0: really world. hope so because then if that's the truth then uh, one of my favorite um fantasy games sci- science fiction fantasy games is playing uh, playing out. Have you ever heard of Warhammer 40K?
1: Warhammer, yeah. I,
0: yeah. I haven't played it. Yeah, but, well, I'll spare you the details, but pretty much one super being rises in cha- as the champion of Earth and unifies all of Earth in one shitty battle where he just brings these superhumans and everyone's dog shit, and they're just like, Haha, we win!" And then, yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. But if that's what happens now, it would it would be really. It wouldn't be cool, but it'd be pretty interesting to me. To see it.
1: Honestly, dude, like it, there's absolutely no reason why they aren't doing it. And there's every reason why they are. Like, by the time the West is like, maybe we should do stem cells. They're like, no shit, 20 years into clone, clone army. So there's nothing stopping them. There's no morals. There's no ethics. There's no money. There's no nothing. All it is, is, is this technically possible? Will this technically give us an advantage? If both answers are yes, a hundred percent guarantee it's happening. There's no reason why they wouldn't, right? They'd be stupid to not, and they're not stupid. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We're gonna see it because unless we get hit by a bus, and you know, in our lifetime, at our age, we will definitely live long enough to see Clone Army. Well, not kidding. Uh the pentagon better be fucking aware they better be ready i'm not shitting you man you've got way bigger fucking problems than uh than uh people who are debating whether or not sharia law should be valid we got a sleeping dragon there it's just about to fucking wake up and wipe the map flip the table wipe the map we don't even have the people we don't have a fucking chance
0: do you think they would even go as far as to to accelerate the maturing of the body too? Like try to get a 20-year-old in like 10 years?
1: It's possible, um, but there are actually side effects for that. For that. Yeah, probably
0: yeah. severe autism. And I'm not saying that to be funny, but like some serious mental development issues because yeah, yeah sure, you can grow the body, but the brain takes as long as it takes for a reason.
1: Yeah, there'd be there'd be side effects. There'd be yeah. side effects. Where the side effects lie and how they go would who knows. Um, there's potential for um, for uh, the body to ge- to to generate and age quicker, disproportionately faster, and then yeah. at the end of that person's essentially their physical lifespan, they just begin to mature into teenagehood, or. Yeah. You could have it so that they're um, like extremely mature at 12, but um, underdeveloped, you know, I mean, there's a, whatever it is you're aiming for, I would think that. Though, you
0: think if you you're, program the genetics so that certain um, psychological traits
1: that would be, that's what you would do. Yeah. yeah. That's what you would be going for. And it, it's this like regular breeding does that right if you just breed things you can breed in temperaments uh breed them out if a dog is too temperamental that's. have you ever seen the life of a dog a great life of a dog or something where they bred the silver fox so your camera's down eh
0: Yeah. yeah
1: oh did the did the cell phone die
0: yeah it's uh I don't know oh, why funny. it's it's weird it, when I plug it into my computer it doesn't charge and stream at the same time I don't think
1: should we uh, should we wrap it up then
0: yeah probably I think we I think okay. you got enough good stuff
1: yeah yeah I'm just I'm gonna have a print screen of you or like a, a freeze frame of you <laughs> here for the last <laughs> little bit okay yeah um, all right well dude it's been a blast um, yeah
0: thank you very much for having me I had a fun
1: three and a half hour blast Woo. Oy, 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 oy. And uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed it. And if you did like this conversation and you're watching on or listening on Podbean or Spotify or something, hit a follow and you'll be notified when a new podcast comes out. If you are watching on YouTube, hit subscribe and uh, notify notification bell. If you'd like, I wouldn't do it, but if you want to do it, go ahead. And uh, we do have a discord, and Patreon links are both in the description. Um, please show your support, mostly by joining Discord, so that we have some bodies in there. Head right on. Yeah, no ads for this episode, so uh, enjoy an ad-free episode, and you'll get ads for the eclipse. I'm not putting ads in any of these um, initial ups. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, it's, too, it's too much of a pain in the ass to... Uh, Patch them in later, and I like ad-free podcasts. That's yeah. what I like. You know, the clips that are like ten minutes long; those, those can be ad-heavy. Oh yeah, I don't know. Makes more sense. i'm More people are going to watch the clips anyway, because who the fuck has time for this three and a half hour shit?
0: Yeah, it's nice because you know, even though the conversation keeps going, some of the some of the in betweens or whatever
1: yep awesome brother well thank you for uh coming out and we will see you again
0: sure anytime all right cheers everybody bye-bye bye-bye
2: join us next time for cycles of damage